0: Good
1: afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is J.J. Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got my good buddies Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry, and we've got a lot to get into on today's program. We will take your phone calls all show long on the Auburn Bank phone line by calling 334-887-3401. Coming up on today's program, Bennett Durando of the Montgomery Advertiser talks to us about the first scrim. Image for Auburn football this fall. What are the takeaways so far in fall camp? Quarterback battle galore. That's what everybody's talking about for the Auburn Tigers football team. We did not have a show on Friday as the Atlanta Falcons played a game, their first preseason game of the year. One week from today, our show will once again be affected by the Falcons preseason game. So we will just have an abbreviated version of Sports Call next Monday as we're getting closer to football season in all varieties. Coming up on Wednesday, we've got the first installment of our High School Coaches Show. Thursday, the very first game of the Smith Station football season. Our Borgard Hornets play their first game on Friday, so football is here. What a busy week we've got coming up here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. Our SEC team previews continue today. Do up today, the Kentucky Wildcats and Texas A&M Aggies. We will talk about those two programs on today's show and get more things accomplished here on this Monday. again. J.J. Jackson alongside Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry. Brant, how are you? How was your weekend?
2: I'm doing great, man. Uh, Weekend was uh, easy, was a relaxing weekend, Uh, but you're right. I mean, the big news around here is had a scrimmage on Saturday, and apparently you got to see a little bit more. Uh, And, you know, obviously I wasn't there. It was a closed-off practice, but there are some notes that people took away from it and some interesting stuff in there. Uh, And and like you said, right now, it's the big news is the quarterback battle. Who's going to be QB one for the Auburn Tigers? And we may not know for a while is, is the big takeaway here but yeah really excited uh, you know and I, I speaking on the Falcons I, I know I've kind of disparaged them a lot so far this offseason and no I don't think they're gonna be good but you know I, I'm still gonna watch them I'm still excited to watch them uh, the preseason the the one preseason game that you won against a team with arguably the worst roster in the NFL does not excite me it doesn't make me change my my win prediction total but you know it's something the football's here man and uh, we're we're uh, Ready to get underway there. And uh, happy to be here, having a good Monday, and hoping we have a great show.
1: Let's keep it going. The Atlanta Braves have won seven consecutive baseball games as well. They have got a humongous four-game series coming up with the New York Mets at home. Big week for the Braves. They played the Mets and Astros seven straight games at home. And if Atlanta wants to win the National League Eastern Division, they have got to take care of business with these four games coming up against the New York Mets. So that's what's happening on the baseball diamond side of things. Uh Tom Peavy, how are you? How was your weekend?
3: I'm doing great. Uh weekend was good. Friday was very, very busy just because uh working in the bar industry and uh you got all the students and everything coming back into town. Gets a little hectic on the weekend so uh busy on Friday, kinda took it easy on Saturday, watched a lot of sports and uh, You know, enjoyed the weekend. I'm glad you mentioned the Braves because, yeah, they – a great series against the Marlins. Looked like they might drop that one yesterday, but then they uh, they get the hits that they needed right there towards the end of that game uh, to preserve what was a really good pitching performance. And so, yeah, the Braves are on a roll right now. The Mets are coming in. They had a terrible series against the Mets in New York, so now is the chance to to make up some ground. And yeah, if the, if you're gonna ever do it, now is the time at at home, in front of your fans. You gotta you gotta win these series and, and be able to get back up there within striking distance of the Mets. Uh, as far anytime as, you're in a division race, right. Yeah. You're scoreboard
1: watching Absolutely. all the time. Atlanta yeah. plays incredibly well against Miami. But what did they have to do? Once the games were over, they had to go see, okay, what did the New York Mets right. do against the Phillies this weekend? you that, That's the best thing about these head-to-head matchups. You don't have to scoreboard watch. Yeah. Go out, play the game. If you win, they lose. You gain a game. And yeah. that's what Atlanta's hoping to do
3: this week. Uh, Atlanta also benefited uh, against the Marlins because they knew that they just had uh, – when you know you're just better than them, then you can – Preserve some of your pitching. And so uh, Atlanta threw a lot of arms in those games that uh, – I think I saw somebody jokingly said that, man, they, they pitched the uh, Gwinnett Stripers pitching lineup. Yeah, I mean, you, and, had, you had and Bryce Elder pitch seven innings and Kyle Muller pitch five. Yeah. So basically the Gwinnett Stripers starting lineup beat the Marlins. But that way you're preserving your your top arms for the Mets. And uh, I guess Strider gets the start tonight. And so uh, – you know, that's one of your aces right there. Uh, you know, a potential rookie of the year type guy. And uh, so, yeah, Braves doing good. Football-wise, uh, watching the Falcons, I, I watched a little bit of it. It, it You know, it's, it's preseason. You kind of just take what it is. It's just more enjoyable to actually see some real – uh NFL football, uh or just real football. I know we've had USFL stuff, but I mean that this is like real football, yeah, I right. guess. Like uh Falcons, I mean you take some you tick away what you could from that. I thought Desmond Ritter looked actually pretty decent for he did. the Falcons. So he did. I mean could he be the future of the Falcons quarterbacks? I mean he, he is the guy they got from Cincinnati. So uh and that would be the Cincinnati Bearcats, not the Bengals. But um uh, I thought I thought Ritter looked actually pretty good. Now what happens once the regular season gets there and you start getting more of uh, of what's going on? I don't know. I mean, obviously Mariota is supposed to be the guy, but I mean Desmond Ritter looked pretty darn good. So we'll we'll see what happens with the Falcons, and then of course Auburn with everything going on and uh, yeah I mean everybody's just kind of in a tizzy over this quarterback situation and I I agree I don't know that we're going to know for a while because it doesn't sound like anybody has really separated themselves I've heard a lot of good and bad from both sides Uh, and and that's really from and when I say from both sides I mean all three quarterbacks I've heard that uh, there are stretches that Finley looks like he has improved dramatically over what we saw last year. But then I've heard other people go, he'll look like that for a stretch, and then he looks like the, the TJ that we saw last year that just looks fuzzled and can't make throws. I've heard Calzada, rocket arm, but is not consistent enough. Ashford, I've heard, is you know shows these flashes of pure brilliance sometimes, but then there's other times that he's not. And so nobody has separated uh, themselves from that pack and and now here we are just a a, a week or uh, what two weeks or a week two weeks or a week from game 1 I think it's 3 I think it's 3 yeah. from oh, Saturday three. Yeah, Okay yeah. um and, and yeah I mean but but even that you're you're this close to the start of the season and nobody has separated themselves, and there you don't have a definitive that you at least know of a definitive QB one right yet, and and of course that's going to make people nervous as it should. Nearly three weeks. nineteen days is 19 the official days, number. Yeah. Nineteen days until Auburn football plays. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean you have you got to understand that, that or. or uh, yeah, be understandable that people are not comfortable with that right now. Yeah. I don't know what the feeling is within the coaching staff because I'm not buying closed doors with them. But yeah, as Auburn fans, you really want to see this is the guy, this is who we're going to rally behind, this is our QB1, let's get it done. And right now it's like, man, we don't know. It could be any, any one of the three of them they could end up throwing all three of them out there and different things I, you just ah, I don't know
1: we'll find out coming up on today's show Bennett Duranda will be a guest on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show last week we had the absolute honor of chatting with Wes Durham with Ben Ingram Justin Ferguson Hale McGranahan was on the program last week both Estes of NBA.com and NBA TV and then we closed it out on Thursday by chatting with Mr. Phil Steele as we did our college football preview with him with his newest magazine. Coming up on tomorrow's show, a reminder, a very special guest coming up on tomorrow's program, Kyle Petty will be on Sports Call to talk about his newest book coming out, Swerve or Die, the former NASCAR driver, and uh, of course, from Richard Petty's family, that long line of great Petty drivers, Kyle Petty will join our show tomorrow here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Yeah. I'm sad. Sad you're going to have to miss that one, Tom. Well, but you get schedules. Tuesdays is the day that work for Mr. Petty, so we'll chop it up with him a little bit uh, tomorrow. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of Albert's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show as we go to our phone lines for the first time during today's show. And joining us here on the program is our very good buddy, Zeus, who is it? Let's see. Matt from Tallahassee. Matt from Tallahassee has called into Sports Call. Hi, Matt. Oh, <laughs> That's right. We got Braves baseball. Tomahawk chopping. Hi, Tom.
3: Hey, what's up? You owe us $5. I, I, I was told that before we came on the air, that apparently I did something to owe people $5. What's
4: up, Brent? How
2: you doing, man? I'm doing good.
4: Hey, what
2: do you guys think about the uh, the two players Auburn got from uh Polka High School? Yeah, um, goodness, I can't remember the kid's name, but I uh, got a three-star defensive back commit. Uh, more of a project guy, you know, it has, is kind of new. J.C. Hart. J.C. Hart, yes, thank you, uh, out of Loja But, yeah, uh, it, it, apparently pretty high on him. I like his body. He's 6'3". Uh, and kind of lean right now. So they can probably uh, put a little muscle on him. Then, you know, he played a lot of linebacker at Loach Poca, So even though he's listed as a DB, he might might uh, might get some reps uh, inside for Auburn. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a pretty solid athlete. He's a little bit raw. But, uh, you know, I if this coaching staff is extending an offer to him, they obviously like him. Uh, yeah,
4: and I also heard that his uh, teammate would be – uh, Is uh, coming to Auburn in 2024
1: potentially? Yeah, we'll yeah, see if Auburn's a, able to secure that commitment. They hadn't got anybody since 2002 from Loachapoka, and now they might be able to get a couple of guys in two straight classes. I know Brian Matthews at AuburnSports.com had a good story on that, so check that out. Yeah. Jamari so, folks Payne, interested? What else, Matt? Uh, I was going to do some high school picks, and um, um, and uh,
4: then. Probably do uh, some trivia.
1: What high school games do you want to pick?
4: Uh, I want to pick uh, Tow, Towson, Real Town, okay, and, and Auburn
1: and uh, 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 Hoover. Okay. Do you think Auburn High School can win their game? They play uh, Lee Montgomery. It looks like. Or no, oh, they play Hoover. Auburn High School plays Hoover.
4: Um, yeah, I got uh, I got Auburn forty-seven. No, actually,
1: I got Auburn thirty-four. Hoover twenty-eight. Thirty-four twenty-eight in Auburn. Okay, all right. What about uh, what about Tallahassee, Realtown? Who do you think wins that game? That is that game at Tallahassee. I think so. Uh, I got Tallahassee, uh, no, I, I,
4: let me do it. Auburn 34, I mean, Auburn 35, february 28. That's okay. okay for, yep. And then for, for Tallahassee, I got them winning, um, is there a spread for that? I uh, no, not in high school. Not quite. Okay. Uh I got Tallahassee
1: win forty eight to twenty seven. All right, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, we're excited that high school football gets started this week. It's here. It's absolutely here and we're thrilled about that.
4: Yeah, I've been I've been I've been I've been like trimming and cutting grass and I told my dad I feel like I I tell him the truth. I was trimming and the uh glass by the garage is cracked. So uh it's like it's like a small like a kinda like a rock or a bullet or something like that. But I told my dad we all make mistakes. And yeah so, Yeah. So But we, you're ready we, for high school football. Yeah, me and my dad uh, he was he was telling me the big game between Auburn High school and Hoover um that's gonna be a big game it's a huge matchup
1: it's a huge matchup we're, we're, we're gonna try to go
4: to the uh real town game yeah that'd be fun
1: if you got to go there that'd be a good time yeah and we still haven't had we still haven't had anyone look at our house yet well hopefully and that changes sometime soon for you buddy
4: yeah, because I told my mom, I told my mom that like, you got that like you said that uh, I can come to the radio station and visit you guys and talk on the radio,
1: and maybe if I'm on the radio, maybe more down Steve can ask me questions. We'll see if people call in. Yeah, can't make any promises, but uh, yeah, it'd be fun to give you a tour around the place. Yeah, and uh, like I said, like when James called,
4: and um, I would like to talk to him in Wardown Steve and uh, maybe Matt from Auburn and Auburn. Yeah. And um,
1: and we'll see. We'll see. Uh All right. Let's do the cheer and get out of here. We don't have time for trivia today. So here we go. Five, four, three, Three, two, two, one. one. War War Eagle. Eagle. Hey. Hey. Beat
4: Bama 48, 45, 63, 13. Booyah. Booyah. we're coming to your field. Gonna knock you out. Nick Saban You got one second Jordan Come to your field Knock you up Hey JJ Hey I gotta tell you And Tom and Brent Something I was We were in Opelika Yesterday And I went to Waffle House And ate A uh, cheeseburger There And there was A a lady An Alabama fan And she And JJ and Tom Tom and Brent You know what she told me She's gonna get me to wear What was that? She said she's gonna give me a Bama sticker to
3: wear. Oh no. Can't have that, I, yeah. None I of thought, that.
4: I thought I can't I'm not gonna wear that. And she said that she said Bama's gonna be this year.
3: Well, Alabama's gonna be really good this year.
4: But hey, I can tell you this, the first game hey, when Oregon plays Georgia, I got Georgia winning fifty nine uh, 14 on George Uh, uh I got the dog winning 59 14
2: well you know Bo Nix is uh, probably going to be the starting quarterback for Oregon next season
4: yeah but I'm telling you Georgia is going to go they're going to tear Oregon's offensive the line they're going to go they're going to go Georgia's going to go after Bo they know how Bo plays
3: yeah um, well, we'll have to see Georgia. Georgia's really good. I don't know if they'll beat him that bad, but I think Georgia does beat Oregon. Yeah,
4: and so, so. Well, hey, you guys have a good day, and um, and I'll talk to you guys next Monday. And Tom, what's up? Hey, behave, behave. I, I, uh, right? When I come and visit I want that money that you that money that you owe me before the five dollars and stuff
3: like that. Gotcha. All right
1: buddy, we'll talk to you later. That's our pal Matt from Talancy joining us there on the program. Quick timeout, sports call continues in a moment.
0: Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go.
2: I'm Jeff Woodaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle
0: and national champion, and you
5: are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday. Coming up here in about 10 minutes, Bennett Durando of the Montgomery Advertiser will be joining our program to talk about Auburn football fall camp. What we want to do right now is keep these phone calls coming through 887-3401. Joining us now,
0: James from Montgomery.
1: James has called into the program. Hi, James. Hello,
6: and War Eagle.
1: War Eagle, sir.
6: Yeah, over the weekend I was watching some uh, uh, pre-season football for the NFL, and I saw some uh, I saw some really good games over the weekend as well, and I saw some um, mistakes with some of the teams and in the first preseason as well.
1: That's what preseason's all about. Some teams are going to make mistakes. Some teams are going to play really well. It's just a mixture of both from time to time.
6: Yeah, so with my Dallas Cowboys, I mean, we're we're going to actually cut some players from 72 players to 53 players, so I don't know who we're going to cut. So that will be uh, to be determined, so I don't know what Mike McCarthy is going to do. I don't know if he's going to cut – you know Cooper Rush or Michael Parsons or C.D. Lamb. I don't know what what he's going to do on the um, roster. Yeah, so I'm I just, assure I'm you, just, he's
1: not going to be cutting Michael Parsons or C.D. Lamb. Those guys are very secure in their jobs. They're going to be big time contributors for Dallas this season.
6: Yeah, so um, I'll take those two guys back because I think Michael Parsons, he said in the press conference, he said that he's going to keep Michael Parsons and CeeDee Lamb because those are the two guys that are going to step up for week one when we actually play against Tampa Bay this year, this season coming in.
1: That's going to be a big game to get the season started.
6: Yeah, so um, next week well this week coming in we do go we actually go on the road we play in la so the chargers um they're going to be a tough tough team to beat this year as well because i think we beat we actually played the chargers last year i think it was in 2012 i'm not quite sure so i have to see the last time that we played them and I think the last time that we were in LA, I think we beat them a pretty good margin on the on the uh, final score as
1: well. Again, just more opportunities for these teams to get ready for the upcoming season. So uh, it's always impressive when you get teams out there on the football field once again.
6: Yes, yeah, well, and then over the weekend I was watching um, the Richmond race in um, Richmond, uh, Virginia and Kevin Harvick did win that one, so I'm very happy that I actually put him in my fantasy lineup for NASCAR, so that was a pretty pretty exciting win for me to see Kevin Harvick to actually get that big win for me. Yeah, James, uh,
1: he won back-to-back races. He's won two in a row.
6: Yeah, so I did actually have him in the last race that he was racing in, and then this one, so that's um, two wings for me as well. So I'm hoping that he'll be in uh, this coming up race when they actually play, I mean, when they race in um, uh, Daytona. So they got one more race before the big one out in uh, Florida as well.
1: That's right, and we'll see if they're able to play well.
6: Yes, I well, because this is this is actually going to be a really good Uh, It's going to be a hard, it's going to be a tough road because this is the playoff spot for NASCAR as well. So I just have to see how some of these guys are actually going to do before the actual uh, playoff spot um, commence as well.
1: Yep, uh, we've got 16 racers, uh, race car drivers, that'll make the playoffs, and then obviously they'll keep cutting the field down. And we saw Chase Elliott win the championship in 2020. We saw Kyle Larson win it last year in 2021. So now we must see who's going to win the NASCAR championship here in 2022.
6: Yes, yeah, well, uh, and then with my Dallas Wings last night, we actually did win last night. So we are actually in the, the WNBA playoff spot. So we do play on Wednesday. So we're actually playing a really good game as well. And I'm hoping and I'm keeping my hopes alive on my Dallas wings and seeing if we're going to win in the playoffs. So if we do win, we might play against the first seed. Las Vegas Aces for the first time ever, so I think that would be a really, really good matchup to see my Dallas Wings play against the Las Vegas Aces as well.
1: Yeah, you're uh, the sixth seed, and you're taking on the Connecticut Sun.
6: Yeah, so we actually did play Connecticut during the regular season, so we did win the first two games, so we won the first game, and we won the second game, so now we have to win the third game as well, so I think Connecticut—they don't have a chance with uh, with a lot of uh, players that are coming back from injury. I think um, who's coming back from injury on the injured list? I think um, a woman, Wallach, guy, She's coming back from injury, so she'll be playing in the playoff spot as well. And I think it's going to be it's going to be our year to actually win. The uh, WNBA um, playoff uh, tournament this year.
1: It could happen. It could absolutely happen. Well, James, we got to let you go. We got an interview coming up, but uh, we're very much so looking forward to chatting with you again tomorrow, okay?
6: All right, sounds good.
1: And War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our good pal, James from Montgomery, joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will chat with our good pal, Bennett Durando of the Montgomery Advertiser, and that's next here on Sports Call. <music>
0: how easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn let's get back to sports call on tiger 95.9 feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 Welcome back into the program. It's the Emmy
1: Award-winning sports talk show here in the state of Alabama. Sports call Auburn, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Brant Dauntry on this Monday. You heard during that last break, we got a big Braves series coming up tonight, starting against the New York Mets. A big division battle on the line. Braves winning four straight in NLEs crowns. Can they make it five in a row? They've got a big opportunity starting tonight against the Mets, and you can listen to those Braves games right here within our Tiger Communications family of networks. You can listen to Auburn Tigers Athletics, the Atlanta Braves, and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, We've got great sports coverage for you here in the Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County area. What we want to do right now is go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time during today's program and bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program. It is Bennett Durando for the Montgomery Advertiser, kind enough to join us on the program. Bennett, how are you, my friend?
7: Pretty good. Uh, Thanks for having me on, JJ. It's good to be with you.
1: It's uh, exciting to have you back on the program now that we've got actual football to talk about. Fall camp has been off and running. What's it been like for you to be able to go finally to some of these football practices and get to see this team up close?
7: You sort of hit the nail on the head. It's refreshing to uh, watch actual football start to happen, Um, and that sort of helps the job a lot when you're a football writer, you know, so... um, yeah, you know, it, our, our media windows for viewing practice are uh, about 20 minutes usually, so not particularly long, but there's a lot you can learn if, from watching them, and then Auburn is starting to get into scrimmages now, they have one the other night, and uh, they'll have another one this upcoming weekend as they sort of start to iron out a depth chart.
1: All right, let's talk about that scrimmage that just took place on Saturday. Two-part question here: What were you wanting to find out going into that scrimmage, and ultimately, what was uh, found out from Coach Harson following the first scrimmage of fall camp?
7: Yeah, so it was uh, it was closed door in Jordan Hare. For those who don't know, so not even media could watch or anything like that. But we did meet with Brian Harson afterward. Got to sort of ask him about some of the details. Obviously, the quarterback competition is. Sort of on everyone's minds right now, as, as it tends to be at this time of year when there is a QB competition. And Harson and said that TJ Finley, you know, was taking the first team reps there to start the scrimmage. He led a 14 play drive. Harson was pretty happy with how Finley operated in that job. So, uh, you know, it, it's not a conclusive thing. And I've, I've tried to sort of stress that throughout that, you know, whichever quarterback is maybe taking the first team reps. On any given day, does not necessarily mean this person is going to be the starter. The idea here is to split some of the reps. It truly is a battle right now, I think. I, I don't think they have choosing a starter, um, but, but they want to spread that out, and, and they liked what they saw from Finley. And, and this is something going back to last year. Auburn has really enjoyed Finley's intangibles. They've, uh, the, the Harson, the coaching staff teammates, really impressed with his leadership is sort of awareness of what's going on in a play, not just from a quarterback perspective, but sort of in every little nuance of the field and nuance of the game. So, you know, that that was sort of a leading thing. There were some freshmen who were standouts, Demari Alston, a running back, and Camden Brown at receiver who's really been a standout at camp so far. But but it's sort of just you know, you start to hear some of these names, some of the darlings from fall camp so far and after a scrimmage it it sort of sharpens a little more.
2: Uh, Bennett, uh, the, you mentioned a name that I was wanting to talk about in a, in Camden Brown, a wide receiver. He's a name that we've heard a ton since the beginning of fall camp. Do you think this is kind of a kid uh, getting his feet wet in camp and doing a good job? Or do you think that Camden Brown's going to be a, a massive help to the Tigers this season?
7: I, I think he's got a chance to play. And that's saying a lot because, uh, Parson doesn't play true freshman a lot. If you look at last year and the true freshman who actually appeared in games on offense or defense and got reps, there's pretty much no one on defense. It was Jarqued Hunter a lot at the beginning of the season in some of those Cup games, had some big moments, scored the game-winning touchdown against LSU, and then Landon King who sort of developed into a role where he was on the field more, scored a touchdown in overtime in the Iron Bowl, you know, and now he's switching the receiver this year. So it's rare for a true freshman in any program, especially in the SEC, to get time. And Harson is, you know, he's a big part of his message is sort of development. And so it's completely normal for guys not to play much or at all as freshmen. Camden Brown is a guy, especially because some of the tools he brings with his size and his style of play in that receiver room, he's got a real chance to make an impact this year, I think.
1: Bennett Durando with the Montgomery Advertisers joining us here on the program. We talk about quarterbacks, and that's the big question for this team as they gear up for this upcoming season. Is there a timeline in place in terms of when a starter might be announced? What do you should there be a timeline, Bennett? I mean, where do you stand on all of this?
7: I mean, you want to have a guy chosen going into game week so that you as you're sort of doing your installs, you're you're working out the game plan and everything. You have a quarterback who knows he's going to start and knows that he's going to be the most sort of plugged into the game plan and all that. I I think it sort of helps from a mental perspective for focus with everyone. Obviously, this competition looms over these guys. There's a human element to it. Um, And and I think the coaching staff is aware of that. I think the goal is probably for them to really get a more clear picture after this second scrimmage this weekend and maybe have a guy – names about 10 days before they might not say it publicly 10 days before i think that's sort of the the goal though in terms of when they want to have a guy uh chosen out And, and you want to be able to tell your quarterback candidates you know what the decision is too so that they sort of have that known so that there's no more uncertainty as you're getting into game week
2: been uh, Looking at the other side of the ball, we just talked about quarterbacks uh, on the offensive side. Let's talk about the quarterbacks of the defense, the linebackers, uh, kind of a question mark. You have Owen Papo and then uh, a couple of guys who have not got a ton of playing time. So uh, how do you think the linebacker room has looked so far?
7: Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that other inside linebacker spot was really one of the main concerns, I think, going into preseason practice and I think Auburn's I'm really happy with what they've seen actually especially from Cam Riley Um, talked to him last week and he is a big dude Uh, I mean he you think about some of Auburn's good linebackers in recent years I mean the the Kobe McClain stands out last year undersized guy who made an impact anyway Um, Cam Riley is not that he is huge he's had some time to develop and he's sort of the opposite uh mold of linebacker i guess you could say from wesley steiner another guy who they really like his intangibles he's a little shorter a little stockier but but really is a hard hitter he can blow through i mean i saw him just going through uh, some of the practice equipment last week the way he hits is, is pretty hard and, and he's a a guy who they will say he talks a lot in a good way Um, and he knows what's going on. He's really intelligent, Um, and so they really like his leadership skills. Those two guys are going to be involved a lot. Uh, You've got a North Carolina transfer, Eugene Asante, who's going to get mixed in as well. So I think they're sort of just figuring out the different styles of guys that they've got to to sort of fit in next to Owen Papo right now. Uh, And Cam Riley, you know, he's playing a lot of first-team reps his size, is is just a huge factor right now i think he's going to end up being the week one starter
1: give us another storyline that's noteworthy on the defensive side of the football bennett
7: the safety right now is uh sort of a key spot i mean this if you look at the defense i think it's in better shape than the offense right now the defensive line especially that front group is going to be really good they've got returning edge guys they've got Colby wooden and marcus harris up the middle you're adding another big guy in Jason Jones. So they've, they've got really a, as good of a defensive front as anyone in the SEC, I think. Uh, the back end of the defense, that's sort of the area. We talk so much about replacing a quarterback. Uh, safety is, is sort of another quarterback of the defense sort of thing along with the linebacker. You've got to have uh, safeties who are able to sort of call out what's going on. Dion Puckett is a guy who has to fit into that role. This season, because Smoke Monday last year was about as vocal a guy as you had on that entire roster. He was a leader in the truest sense. Um, even even when he would sort of have lapses in coverage himself, he was pretty intelligent and pretty on top of you know directing the defense. And so having guys who sort of fit into that role, Zion Puckett's going to be you know a top dog. Donovan Coffman's going to move around a lot. He can play in the slot. He can play in different areas. He's going to play some nickel, obviously. So it's going to be interesting to sort of see how they work their personnel uh, at at safety. I think Craig McDonald, the Iowa State transfer, has a chance to fit in there, too. Uh,
3: Yeah, and you're mentioning a bunch of different guys. One thing I was going to kind of touch on, it sounds like so far Auburn has uh has avoided the injury bug knock on wood but what does that do for the uh the depth of this entire team as you're just mentioning a a lot of different guys getting there where where do you see the depth of this team kind of overall right now
8: yeah I
7: I mean you hit it there Harson mentioned it last uh not last night on on Saturday night after the scrimmage that There are no serious injuries in terms of surgeries or anything like that going into the season right now. Nothing where, like, oh, this guy's going to miss eight weeks or has a chance to miss the entire season. They are in about as good of a position as you can be on injuries. This is as of Monday, literally. I mean, this stuff can change any second. We all know that. That's how football is. Um, But but it makes a huge help. I think the biggest area where it helps is the offensive line – because the offensive line has eight seniors. They've got a lot of guys who were sort of missing practices in spring intermittently with minor injuries. And now that whole group is sort of, you know, working its way back. Keandre Jones had a minor thing at right guard that kept him out a little bit last week, but he's in good shape. He's going to be really good on that O line, I think. So it just it completely changes the entire outlook of a team. You don't, you never want to be short staffed in terms of your personnel as you're picking out a too deep and then realize you've got a glaring hole. Right now I think they feel decent about their depth at most position groups. Even the position groups with question marks, they at least know that they have the numbers.
1: It's a good point to make. Bennett Durando joining us here on the program with Montgomery Advertiser. Auburn football getting set for another week of fall camp and also it coincides with the start of the academic year tomorrow at Auburn University. A scrimmage coming up later in the week. All right, what is your thought process now in terms of who that starting quarterback is going to be for the Auburn Tigers, Bennett, if you were to pick one?
7: I really think it's 50-50 with Finley and Calzada wow. right now. Okay. Um, I yeah. I I mean. I th- I think when I was on the show uh, a f- couple weeks ago before right. camp started, I said Calzada was the favorite. Finley has taken the most first-team reps, you know, through a week plus of practice. Um, and obviously, the first-team reps in the scrimmage are important. I think there have been some days where Calzada has sort of stood out in his. Arm strength, in particular, has really stood out. Um, there are other days where he's been pretty inconsistent, and, and T.J. Finley has sort of, you know, stepped up. Uh, I, I, I don't think I can make a prediction at this point because I, I truly think it is a fifty-fifty right now, and I think this is going to be the key week in terms of deciding it between those two. I, I don't, I don't want to fully rule out Robbie Ashford, um, but. I, I think he, you know, he has less experience than the other two. The other thing is quarterbacks were not live in the first scrimmage Saturday night, which can sort of work as a little bit of a disadvantage against a guy like Ashford because he's more dual threat. You want to see his legs in action, and so when you don't have the edge guys actually able to sack the quarterback, you know, the domino effect is Robbie Ashford isn't able to show off his elusiveness and, and escape the pocket and make plays with his legs. So i don't know i i think he's i think he's really talented and he has moments where he really shines but right now if if i'm narrowing it to two it's it's an even split between calzada and finley
3: well uh and so then with ashford uh just kind of your educated guest opinion here obviously you know it's going to either we figure it's going to either be finley or calzada as qb1 uh are there going to be packages for Ashford, or do you think maybe they try to push uh, Ashford into maybe a spot where they can try to get the ball into his hands uh, from another position? Uh, just How do you feel like they would try to use Ashford?
8: I don't
7: think they would go with him at another position. I mean, oh, obviously he has the athleticism, but it's not. I, mean, I think they're finding right now that they're better-equipped at receiver than they thought they would be. Right. Um, and so I don't think they're in a spot where it's like, "Well, oh, let's throw a quarterback in at receiver so he gets a chance to play. It's possible they throw some packages for him. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's a guy who sort of has a chance to develop. And, and the other thing is I think the competition continues in season right. to an extent. You know, like if Auburn's beating Mercer 45 nothing in the fourth quarter, Another guy's going to get in there. It might be whoever's QB2. It might be Ashford. Um, I really like his arm when he's on. It's just some of the inconsistencies and the lack of experience. So once he has some of that in-game and he's a guy who can sort of benefit from those live reps, I think they might sort of realize what they have and get into more of a flow of, you know, whether it's packages or whatever it may be with him.
1: We're talking with Bennett Durando here from the Montgomery Advertiser. I'd encourage you to follow him on Twitter, at Bennett Durando, where if you do, you saw on Saturday night uh, that Bennett took to the tennis courts, and it seems like you picked up a couple of victories there, Bennett. I didn't know you had that in you, man.
7: Yeah, uh, tennis is probably the only sport I'm decent at. I won't (laughs) say good, but but when I'm playing against other uh, sports writers, the – bar in terms of athleticism is very low so uh you know i i'll i'll give crap to uh to my buddy justin lee at the oa news um who i tend to beat in tennis and christian clemente at 247 sports so uh th- those are the two who i'm who i'm calling out we play a lot i i usually am on the winning side of that but it does not mean that i'm uh "Quote unquote athletic" in any real sense of that term,
1: but it's incredibly competitive, right?
7: Oh yeah, yeah no, we're all we're you know first first one in, last one out. We're uh, high energy, high competitive. It's it's uh,
1: good locker room guys.
7: Oh yeah, good locker room guys. You know the, the, we're, we're gonna bring our A game. Practice <coughs> every day, practice as hard as
3: we play. Brother, I was going to say you haven't seen a low athletic bar in, uh, among uh, broadcasters or writers until you've come and watched a uh, Thunder Chickens softball game. So, uh, yeah, it's our radio
1: Chickens. station team <laughs> Thunder Chickens, and uh, yeah, we've yet to win this season, Bennett. So at least you have oh, some God. wins going your way.
3: Or last season. well, we got one last season due to a forfeit.
1: Uh, you got to you got to
7: give yourself credit for that. Showing up is important. There you it go. Is. We're great locker
1: room men as well. Amen. Exactly. Bennett, tell us how we could find your work at the Montgomery Advertiser. How can people support you? We want to help spread the word.
7: Yeah, uh, go to montgomeryadvertiser.com dot com. Um, you can go to the Auburn page from there. See my work. You can subscribe, uh, preferably subscribe from one of my stories, and then uh, I get the brownie points from that there so you describing go driving is, is really the way to support
1: <laughs> awesome thanks so much for the time Bennett we'll talk again soon okay uh, yeah thank you JJ all right that's our buddy Bennett Durando with the Montgomery Advertiser joining us here on the program yeah they played a little bit of tennis on Saturday night I saw on the uh, internet there I've been in more of a pickleball phase lately, I'll just like, because I, uh, tennis I'll, is so difficult.
2: Tennis is very hard, but I I have um, dabbled in tennis. I'm not good, but I have dabbled.
1: But
3: where you been stuff. playing pickleball at?
1: At the Opelika Sportsplex. They're at that okay. uh, indoor facility that they've got, just beautiful over there. And it's then great. I played. It's I played. I uh, I went to Savannah this past weekend. Right. Um, to celebrate my older brother getting engaged. Congrats to Dennis. Uh, and my family played some pickleball yeah. in Savannah. And then a couple of weeks ago, when I went back home in Asheville, I played at the Asheville Racket Club with my family. So, okay. yeah. Probably try to play once a week or so.
3: You need to give me a call. Yeah.
1: Where do you typically play?
3: I have not played pickleball since I was in college. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's change but it. I, then. But I used to love it uh, in, P, uh, in PE. Yeah. Uh, I It's mean,
1: easier I than tennis, and it's fun.
3: Yeah. So it's significantly smaller, smaller easier and, than tennis. Oh, well, yeah. It's, it's I mean, great. you're, you're it's about it's a quarter of the size. You're basically on a badminton court. And make it plays. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I All I right play, we'll I, hit you up. Do it, man. I would love to get back and play a little bit of pickleball. We'll hit you up. Yeah. yeah. The the facilities they have at the Sportsplex are yeah. just and they've got top courts notch. at the Auburn but they're outside. Right.
1: Right. These are covered, rain or shine, right. able to go play. Air-conditioned. air condition. Air I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's top-notch.
3: Needs an AC so. in the summer heat.
1: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, thanks to Bennett Durando for joining us on the show. Looks like Auburn has a quarterback battle, and as Bennett sees it, as someone who's been at every single practice, that the media is allowed to be at 50 50. I mean, wow, we are deadlocked between TJ Finley and Zach Calzada. We've reached the end of the first hour of sports call. On the other side of this break, our good powered, tired wardam Steve is back with us. We talk with Steve and more in just a little bit. Alongside Tom Peavy and Brandon Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. Yeah. second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. My name is JJ Jackson here inside the studio alongside Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry. Our thanks again to Bennett Durando of the Montgomery Advertiser for joining us a little bit ago to talk about the Auburn Tigers football team as they get ready to rock and roll here in fall camp. Coming up this hour, we're going to take your phone calls. Our SEC season previews continue with the Kentucky Wildcats and the Texas a and them Aggies do up. If time permits, we'll have best and worst of the weekend a little bit later in the show, a nightly TV guide, of course, and a whole lot more. So thank you for listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Let's go and do this because we do it each and every day. Let's take this fine opportunity to celebrate our birthdays in sports.
0: It's time for today's birthdays and sports.
1: Birthdays and sports here on August 15th, 2022. J.D. McKissick is 29 years old a running back for the Washington Commanders. McKissick was a three-star out of Central High School in Phoenix City, Alabama, and signed with Arkansas State. He redshirted in 2011 and then started all but three games for the rest of his college career. Three-time All-Sun Belt selection left Arkansas State holding school records for receptions and yards. He went undrafted, but J.D. McKissick now plays for the Washington Commanders. 29 years old, J.D. McKissick. Boban Marjanovic is 34. He's a center for the Houston Rockets. Born in Serbia, Boban stood at six By ten by time he was 14. Tom, he is now listed at seven feet three inches tall. Jeez. One of the funniest players in the NBA played in Serbia until he joined the San Antonio Spurs in 2015. Three-time Serbian League MVP and a two-time Serbian Cup winner. Traded from the Rockets or to the Rockets from the Mavericks. In 2022 But Bobon Is 34 years old today And he stood at 6 foot 10 At the age of 14
3: That's insane How is
1: that How is that possible
2: I was not 6'10 when I was 14 Same Believe it or not
1: yeah, not quite. No,
2: no. I'm not six ten. I'm not within yet. I'm not within a foot of yeah. six <laughs> ten. 5'8". eight. I'm a little guy.
1: <laughs> oh man, Kenny Carr is 67 years old today. The former NBA forward Carr led his school to a 36-game winning streak and was an All-American. Signed with NC State in 1974, over three years with the Wolfpack, averaged 21 points and nine rebounds. His number 32 jersey is honored by NC State as the school does not officially retire. Numbers 6th overall pick in the 1977 draft by the Lakers and played 10 seasons in the NBA. Kenny Carr, 67 years old. That is our birthdays in sports here today. J.D. McKissick is 29, Boban Marjanovic is 34, and Kenny Carr is 67 years old today. If it is your birthday, we would like to wish a very happy birthday to you here on this Monday. All right, all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Give us a call to join the show. 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Auburn Bank is our proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. Let's go there right now and and joining us on the program is none other than
0: Wardam Steve.
1: Our good pal, retired Wardam Steve, now joins us here on the show. Hi, Steve. Well, good afternoon, Mr.
9: J.J. Jackson and Mr. Tom even and Mr. Brad Daugherty. Yes. What's up? The usual suspects. That's good right. To you guys. All right. Well, I enjoyed hearing the comments from uh, gentleman, uh, Mr. Duranto. Is that right?
1: Durando, yes. Durando,
9: yeah. Um, he has some interesting comments, and I've got some comments for you guys. Go for it. Who know, people are a lot smarter than I am. Why don't we get to it, okay? Go for it. All right. Mr. Jason Caldwell, have you seen his uh, Monday uh, morning quarterback uh, column yet?
3: I have not. I did, oh, run it. I did run into Jason Caldwell in the grocery store the other day, but did not see his column.
9: Okay. Well, he has missing uh, observations. Um, he sees that uh, apparently uh, Mr. Finley may have an edge at this point.
3: Yep, that's what I've and,
9: heard. Uh, he said, uh, but that's maybe to be expected due to his, you know, more familiarity uh, with the uh, offense and uh, obviously uh, the, the team's uh, play system uh, playbook. Uh, of course, you know, Zach uh, didn't have very much opportunity uh, to do any practicing due to his injury, so we'll see how that turns out. However, how this turns out, guys, I'm, I want to trust – that this coaching staff really wants to keep their jobs and they're going to pick the quarterback that they believe is going to be the best for us to win games. Right?
3: Sure. Absolutely. That's what they, that's what they better be doing.
9: I mean, why, why wouldn't they do that? So, uh, regardless of, you know, I'm, I'm favoring Zach Calzada because of the way he performed and what I saw him perform, uh, last year's games. And, uh, definitely was not encouraged by t.j finley's uh performance you know i'm reminded of a number of other quarterbacks who we might have thought maybe the same as mr t.j finley so i want to be fair to him you know i remember jason campbell started pulled started pulled and finally ended up being the quarterback you remember those scenarios guys from tupperville
3: yeah no i, I yeah him and uh, daniel cobb uh 2001, in particular, him and Daniel Cobb kept getting pulled back and forth with each other.
9: Right. And then I'm reminded of Ben Leard. Horrible performance when uh, he was uh, the, the, at the beginning of the season. When, uh, was it 1998, I think, when he first started?
3: Uh, I know. Uh, yeah, 98. I know he had a terrible, terrible game against Tennessee yeah. in 98.
9: They ended up being a 3-8 season. And let's not forget Mr. Heisman himself. The late... Pat Sullivan, his first outing as a starter against Tennessee through five interceptions. Do you think in these uh, today's, you know, uh, social media, he would survive?
3: No. No, no in, in, in today's world, no. He'd, he'd have been benched pretty quick, probably.
9: Yeah. But, you know, being a Heisman uh, winner, uh, and probably one, one of the most uh, beloved uh, of the Auburn quarterbacks ever. So, I I just want to put that in perspective. As much as I'm, you know, really uh skeptical and, and wrestling about Finley being the starting quarterback, I gotta trust, hey, these coaches wanna win much more than than probably the, the fans, right?
1: Yeah, no, they definitely wanna win, that's for sure.
9: All right. Now I would like to know guys if we can never find out, if you guys have some inside leagues, apparently one of the quarterbacks, according to what I read from Nathan King, I think, or or maybe maybe been Jason Caldwell, uh, in Saturday night's practice or scrimmage Apparently, one of the quarterbacks that Harsin, uh was not too pleased with uh, apparently overlooked a misalignment by one of the running backs. Remember uh, reading about that? I, no,
1: that, was that? Yeah, I'm not Go sure here. which quarterback that was, Steve.
9: Yeah, we don't know. But, um, you know, uh, that apparently would be something that I'd like to Who was that quarterback? Yeah, uh, I hope it wasn't Zach Calzada. uh but anyway, apparently that was something that he said uh, uh, didn't go over too well. Sure, that they should have already, you know, seen that before that person got, you know, into position and called them back, and that didn't happen. Sure, and it was a bad uh, uh, rep on that one. All right, and then we've got some people from Jason Caldwell uh, that he thinks we need, we better take uh, some notice of. Wide receiver Camden Brown, I think he's going to be a starter, guys. But how about now uh, the guy? What's the name of Mr. Donato? What's uh, What's his name again? The guy you just had on... Oh,
1: Durando. Durando. Durando.
9: He didn't mention this guy, Javaris Johnson.
1: Yeah. A big playmaker for the Tigers last year.
9: Uh, so he said uh, that he's emerging to be, maybe, a go-to uh, uh, receiver. And Mr. Hummel, Mr. Alston, Mr. Mister Damari
1: Alston, Yes, a lot
9: of good things are being said At about him. At the running him. back
1: spot for him. You're exactly right. right. Now, he didn't
9: mention this guy, and I'm concerned about him. Although... According to Horace's uh, speech after the, the, the season, I mean, after the uh, scrimmage Saturday, he didn't make any mention of him. He said people were pretty much injury-free, but Nick Brahms did not play, I think, very much, if at all, did he?
1: Yeah, I did hear about that. And I don't know what's
9: going on. Apparently, I thought he was recovering um, successfully, making progress from this uh, injury. Guys, do you know anything about that?
1: I know. I, I would love to get more updates on Nick Broms to see how he's doing uh, and how he comes back from that uh, from that injury. But, no, I don't have any updates to provide.
9: Okay. All right. Uh, then moving on, how about a real quick shout-out to the guy who says he's lived Auburn all his life. Who's that? We just got a commitment from him. J.C. And and Hart? Coach, yes. His coach said, quote, that kid's got NFL written all over him.
1: Yeah. Javon Reed's very high on him as well, so I'm excited to see what J.C. Hart can do coming out of Lochapoca.
9: Right. All right. Now, speaking of that gentleman, he's, he's not highly you know, ranked. Uh, I think a three-star, right?
3: Yeah, three-star. Yeah, it's going to be – you don't see a whole lot of guys that play in that small level of, football, of high school football get up to five-star. It's very, very rare to have a 1A kid get up to like a four or five-star, but, I mean, I've heard he's got all the talent in the world
9: okay well I bring that up guys because there is a really good podcast if you haven't heard it you uh, think I strongly recommend to you if you're an Auburn fan and listener uh, it comes from the uh, people call themselves the war rapport
1: the war rapport yeah
9: yeah uh, and so they had Josh Pate on there recently okay Have you, have you heard or? or I didn't that get a chance of? to
1: listen to that interview. No,
9: it's really good. So the uh they asked Josh Pate a lot of different uh, items. And one of the things that he talked about was he says he's talked to a number of uh, coaches, assistants, uh, and SEC coaches uh, about uh, their perception of Auburn and Harson. And they said they didn't have any criticisms of Harson's coaching or of his coaches. What they did say they had criticisms about was his talent acquisition and that's how uh, actually those are the words that uh, Josh Pate used and he said that they apparently um, had some misgivings that uh, Coach Harson and staff believe that they can uh, I guess uh, may make amends for not having the, the, the plethora of five-star and four-star players the Georgia yes, and sir. Alabama have by uh, talent acquisition, by evaluating better uh, their players and develop them better. Uh, better. Uh, and, and we'll have to see if he can do that and prove them wrong. Can you out-develop and out-evaluate the three-stars and four-stars into five-stars that the other uh, Georgians and Alabamas are, are doing? What do you think, guys?
3: Uh, I mean, right now that's kind of the situation they're in. They need to change that though, because the type of stuff that you were able to get away with in Boise, which was that, is you you get the three got the three star guys and you develop them in into players. You can get away with that a little bit in the SEC, but the simple fact is you're still going to be behind the eight ball if the other teams are just bringing in the surefire blue-chip future first-round draft picks and you're trying to develop guys into that. You're going to be behind the eight ball, and I don't think you're going to have as much success as you would bringing in the surefire blue-chip. So uh, SEC ball, is just it's a world of difference in what you're able to get away with out there at Boise.
2: Yeah, I, I think that... Talent. I think that there's, a, you can get away with a little bit of that. And I think Auburn's going to have to because you're not going to out recruit Alabama and Georgia uh, and a lot of other big time football teams just because of the state of college football right now. Uh, but I, I definitely think that that's part of Harson's plan. Uh, and I mean, you look at guys at Auburn that recent, Auburn has done that a lot recently. Roger McCreary was a three star. Daniel Thomas was a three star. Jacoby uh, McClain was a low four star, but no one expected him to become what he was. Uh, it's, you're going to have to get those four and five star guys. But you are going to have to also occasionally bring in a three-star and turn him into a five-star player.
9: Well, uh, that sounds, unfortunately, rather uh, discouraging right here. I heard you say that, Brent, about you're not going to get at Auburn uh, too many five-stars. And that's what, you know, at my age, 71, you know, I don't know how many more recruiting seasons I have left in me, you know. And what what's it going to take, whether it's hard to anybody, to get to the level of, we're gonna keep getting five-star recruits. We're gonna—we're not gonna be uh, the third pick, you know, from five stars over Alabama, Georgia, or whoever it is. You know, what, is winning uh, gonna be uh, what it does it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's gonna else. have to be. Well, that, it's going well, to have to be.
3: You—you've got to beat them. and You got to beat them consistently. And 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 also in today's nil stuff, more money. It's gonna be the product on the field. And can you show that this is going to be a winning program and a winning program that these high school kids are going to be lured to come and play for because there is a chance to win a championship? But with the NIL stuff, there's people out there that will outbid Auburn money-wise. So, I mean, Auburn's, gonna, Auburn's already on board with the NIL stuff, but uh, unfortunately you're going to find yourself in bidding wars for these top athletes these days with the NIL.
9: Okay, well, anyway, it's a. Uh, and uh, uh, Josh Pay says he uh, is taking the opposite view of all these, uh, he says, groups, he calls them, of contrarians who have a pessimistic perception of uh, Auburn, especially of Harson. He says he's put his money. In fact, one of the other guys on there on the podcast uh, said they put their money on uh, Vegas on the over uh, win total for over uh, six uh, games.
2: I would, too. Thinks, I would, too. I'm, not, I'm that, not a gambler, but I would I would say more than six right now.
9: Yeah, Josh says, uh, and then, and I'm talking to you, Mr. J.J. Jackson, who I was hoping it was going to be a little bit better for your floor, but he says the four for him for Auburn this year is seven.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'd and love that. Says,
9: uh his, his total, uh, his ceiling, is actually either nine or ten. So I Let's make that it
1: one. happen. Let's make it happen. Uh, Let's hope for good football from Auburn.
9: Encouraging. All right, moving on, guys. Now, if we're going to have you know, a season that is worth remembering, uh, this is what has gotta happen this season. Not, and that wasn't what's happened last season either. The things that are gonna be necessary are these right here. And that is, first, Auburn's record is, uh, really, a- astounding when it comes to, uh, running the football, and that's what we're gonna be focusing on, right, guys? Right. It sounds like? Well, uh, Auburn's record is 34-5, according to Sad Tiger when he rushes for at least 140 yards during the past five seasons. You want to take a gander at what our record is when we didn't do that? Not as good? Yeah, not as good as, as putting it mildly. How about 5-20? and 20? Whew.
1: Not great. Yeah. Got to improve I, I, on that.
2: I definitely think that, you know, the Gus Miles on offense has something to do with that because it's not made to pass for miles. It's made to... To run for a ton of yardage, but uh, and when when his running game was working, Auburn was wor- was uh, playing a lot better. But absolutely, I can understand like if you can get 140 yards on the ground, that's that's big,
9: right? And here's a second factor that's going to have to be improved dramatically this year, and that is explosive plays. He says, "Here's Stat Tiger. The last time we won the West in 2017, we were ranked 24 nationally when it came to." Uh, plays of 20-plus yards. Uh, do you know what our ranking was since then? Tell me, Steve. It ain't too dang good. It's 70. Whew. Yeah. yeah, 70. Okay? And here's another factor that we've done just abysmal in. The 2017 offense, he says, ranked number 15 nationally, in third down conversions. Guess what we ranked in the past four seasons in that, in that category? Let's 61. See. 61, guys.
2: Yeah, and that's a product of the offensive line just hasn't been very good. You haven't been able to get those obvious short yardage, we're going to run it up the gut, try and stop us from getting a yard situations. You haven't been able to convert those as consistently, and that's another thing that Brian Harson is doing his best to change to turn around.
9: And this is all predicated on you better get the quarterback that can improve these categories, because he says here, more than 70% of 20-yard plays come from where? Not running, but from passing. From passing. And most of that comes where? On the first down play. From 1992 to 2021, guys, he did the stats. Auburn has won 83% of their games when they average more yards per play on first down than their opponent. Last year, Auburn was 1-6 in games. The opponent gained more yards on first down than we did.
2: I bet that's pretty. I bet that's a pretty universal stat. As, as much yeah. as I agree that Auburn does need to improve on that, I bet that if you look around the world of football, you'll find that that's pretty consistent.
9: You want to take a gander at what we ranked last year nationally when it came to passing?
1: Nationally uh, passing game for the Auburn Tigers yards, a year ago. What was it? In, in yards. Number 89. Whew. Yep. Number 89. Definitely got
9: to improve on that. Well, here's what Calzada did, okay? When he was starting last year for A&M, he said he was one of the more efficient uh, quarterbacks in the SEC in turning first down passes uh, into first downs. In fact, his percentage was 34%. What was Patrick Nix, you you think?
3: Yeah, Bo Nix.
9: I mean, uh, Bo Nix, yeah. What do you think it was? What was it? 27%. Phew.
1: Got to improve. Got to improve all the way around.
9: Calzada was also number four in the SEC in producing impact plays of 15 or more yards on first down. um, Bo Nix was what? Ranked number 11. So I'm thinking, you know, if this is a good competition, it must mean something really good has happened with uh, Mr. Finley, right?
2: It it better. It better.
9: I mean, he has had to show some dramatic improvement to be, as Parson as put it, there's separation now, right? Didn't he use that word, separation? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So finally with this guy, Steph, the 2021 Tigers ranked 17th among the last 30 Auburn offenses, averaging 5.5 yards per play on first down in the SEC conference play. The 14 Auburn teams that average 6-point yards or better, one more than 75% of their games. So first down is going to matter to us uh, this year. First down plays, whether it's running or passing.
2: And yeah, well, I, I w- Steve, I'll tell you right now, if you can average 6 yards on first down, your offense is going to be a lot better.
9: Right. And so um, I hope we have settled you know, at least by, what, the second game on who our uh, offensive line stars are going to be,
2: Right. Uh, I think the offensive line starters are going to be set by game one. I think those you're are by
9: game one. I think those are going to be two. pretty cut and dry. Okay, all right. Well, I hope you're correct. And I'm thinking we need to settle on our starting quarterback before Penn State. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, that's that's I've I've said this on the show last week. Uh, you may see a, a heavy rotation against Mercer and San Jose State because you hope that you can afford to do that. Uh, but by Penn State, yeah, you you'd like to have a guy nailed down.
9: And these two guys, I'm hoping they, they, they do what they say they're going to be working on. Mr. Leota, Mr. Derek Hall, want to do their best to beat the sack record held by Mr. Nick Fairley.
1: Hopefully they can get it done. They, those guys are very impressive coming off the edge. But, uh, well, he, man, Nick Fairley did. had a dominant year.
9: Right last year, uh, Mr. Uh, Derek Hall got nine and a half sacks. You know what the record is, right, for Mr. Nick Fairley? It's 11 and a half. Two away two away from doing it. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have already seen all the, uh, the preseason rankings, right? Which really don't mean a hill of beans. Except not for at all. perception.
2: No, I, I, uh, I, I've seen the AP Top 25. I have not paid a lot of attention to it.
9: Yeah, we didn't make it. and uh,
2: Number 36, we, I believe, is where Auburn would be.
9: Is that what it is? And uh, ESPNs, uh, we didn't make theirs. But, surprisingly enough, ESPNs football... Um, F, uh, what, the pro football, was it, the, uh, uh, the FBI, the Football Performance Index?
1: Football Power Index, yeah.
9: Yeah, Power. They have us ranked number 15. They, they updated it. They said there were some errors uh, on the, the other ones that they did. But the recent one now has us number 15. Go try to make sense of that one, right?
1: That's a little bit difficult to understand for sure, yeah.
9: Yeah. And uh, I'll bring probably up to Mark. Uh, you might want to read this article ahead of time. It's by Mr. Ramsey Archibald at com, And it's entitled Alabama's Most Popular College Choice by County for 2021. Have you seen that article?
2: I haven't seen the article, but I have seen, uh, I imagine this is what the article is based on. I have seen that Auburn has passed Alabama uh, in, in state students. You're very
9: correct, yes. Uh, uh, extremely. Yeah, We have uh, 14,460 uh, in-state uh, enrollment, uh, uh, students, and uh, that's, that's uh, the more most yeah. anybody else has. But we could touch on that and some there.
1: other things tomorrow, well, Steve. Well, we got well, some other callers I, to get to.
9: I know, guys. Thank you for letting me ramble so much. I enjoyed it. And hey, I, I was really glad to hear a uh, call from Mr. Uh, Anthony. Uh, but I was disappointed he didn't uh, come out with his usual tirades about uh, Auburn's uh, season melting uh, already before the game starts.
1: I'm sure he'll yeah, be back the, uh, soon, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll hear from Anthony here shortly.
9: Yeah, and uh, what about Shadow?
1: Can we hear from him? Do you know JJ? I'm going to try and reach out and see uh, how he's doing and uh, be able to provide an update for folks.
9: Okay, and Luke, not to worry, man. I've got staff galore coming at you, my friend. <laughs> Good stuff, Steve. Good to hear from you today. Thank you again. Uh, have a safe and uh, relaxing uh, afternoon, and... Uh, We'll talk to you next time. Until then,
1: War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our buddy Retired War Amp, Steve, joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401. Do up next. Anthony from Auburn. Our good buddy Anthony has called into the program. Hi, Anthony.
5: Gentlemen, gentlemen, how y'all doing today? Very
1: well. Good to hear from you.
5: I tell you, you know, it's good to hear, Steve. You know, uh, when Steve you all those numbers and stats and statistics, that's just what Steve does, and I tell you, it's good to hear uh, you know, uh, I will agree with him on, on first down. It means down. football
1: season is close. That's what it means. Yeah,
5: that's right. So I will agree on some of those things. Uh, first down, you're going to have to improve. You're going to have to get you some yardage. You need to get at least four yards. Any football coach will tell you, if he can get four yards on first down, uh, hey, we can make something happen in a drive. But we won't to have to at least get, like to get four yards on the first play. And then that way, that makes things a whole lot better on second and sixth. But I, I tell you, you know, um, Everybody's excited. The season's coming up. They want to know who's going to do what and who's going to start here and, and how uh, the rotation going to work out. I'm going to tell you some. Uh, if I was a coach or anywhere as far as that goes, I would like to know who my starting quarterback is before we get to that first game. I'd like to... Start to find out something about some people uh, in these scrimmages, uh, going through these two days, if you want to call it two a days. Uh, as you start to wind that up, but we not, we like to go ahead and, and, and name a starter so we can get the team to rally behind the guy and start up uh, putting the. Uh, finishing touches or, or that polish if you want to call it for that yeah. going into that first game i wouldn't want to go into a, a first game and i got to rotate two or three guys trying to figure something out and then ease into the second game doing the same thing and then sit down with the staff and try to, to come up with uh well who's going to be the man for the Nittany lines when they come calling uh i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to be in that situation the coaches are going to have to make their mind up uh who's making the better reads uh who's uh, uh, making the audibles, doing this or that, uh, who the player's responding to, uh, who's doing a good job in the film study and all this kind of thing, everything that goes with the evaluation of a quarterback. uh, You know, who is it? Is it Calzada? Is it it, uh, Finley? Is it the other guy or whatnot? You know, a lot of people are high on the guy that Calzada because, you know, he pulled off a little miracle – When Alabama came calling down there, but even Alabama, they were still had a chance to win the game when a team like uh, some other teams, Auburn, probably would not have uh, been able to win that game and other teams in the conference would have been out of that. That just goes to show you the talent that Alabama had. They might have been smelling themselves when they went down there. Who knows? But that was last year, and don't really matter at this point. But I'm gonna tell you some. Uh, everybody that can hear my voice and you're listening, I wouldn't get too crazy and high on Calzada because think about something now. Okay. He was on. He was on the Jimbo Fisher's direction when that happened last year. He's on that. He was surrounded by that offensive line, coaching staff, the fans hollering and crying. Aggie land or whatever they holler down there and waving those towels and that twelve man tr- tradition. He was on the all that when that happened. Now we don't know what he may or may not do here at Auburn. If the offensive line don't block, if they want to play slap and tickle and sell Girl Scout cookies, then chances are he probably ain't going to do a whole lot. I mean, that's just what it is. If the blocking ain't there, ain't nothing going to happen. You can have Tank Bigsby. You can have all these other guys, the guy they talked about the other day that, that it was shining in the scrimmage or uh, outshined Bigsby and this and that. Well, he ain't going to do nothing if the blocking ain't there. Somebody hitting him in his mouth and hitting him under the chin and in the throat. Uh, and knocking him back, how, how much is that going to do you? But we were going to find it out when Horson uh, give an exam. I put it like this a pop quiz. He'll give a pop quiz the first two games. Uh-huh. But when, when those mid lines come calling, they're going to have to go ahead and get that exam, and we're going to find it out whether he got anything or not. And at that time, like I promised, I'm going to call in that Monday. If you guys win, I'm going to congratulate you. and If you lose, I'm going to be the biggest critic you got, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you at that time what I think Auburn's record will be for the season.
1: I wouldn't I expect want, anything else good. from you. Huh? I said I wouldn't expect anything else from you. I look forward to those phone calls. That's
5: what I'm saying. So I, I tell you, uh, speaking of, uh, 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 what about old James Mopel, like, he, he have a call back? Or he tr- still around?
1: I try to catch up with him every now and again. and I know that he and his family had some, some health issues that they were going through. I would love to hear oh. from him, though, Anthony, because he is just as energetic as you are. So um, I, I'd love to try and get back reconnected with him.
5: Yeah, I hate that he had health issues or whatnot or somebody in the family. You know, I always enjoyed him calling in. You know, it was always exciting to to try to call in right behind him or either uh, Steve or Shadow and and make comments or whatnot. Yeah, we're going to get get back up and going now that
1: football season's here. We're going to have a lot more people calling into the show, that's for sure
5: well let me ask you guys uh yes, did sir. you guys get a chance to see anything scrimmage or anything this weekend or you no, had t- to wait like
1: everybody else we had to wait oh, like everybody else we had to wait like everybody else we did not it's unfortunate anthony we got it so we got to no put in better work of any kind then huh no spectators yeah no big boost well i guess the big boosters got a chance to get an eye full i would assume he'd at least let them go right if they wanted to i mean but i'm not sure if they were even there yeah
5: I would assume nobody. I couldn't. I would not. Have, I couldn't think of a big boost of being at home, and they got a scrimmage
1: going. I mean, but you they know, wouldn't least want least. to be there. Yeah, you would think they wouldn't want to be there. Yeah,
5: to kind of see when is the next scrimmage? Anybody make an announcement? Friday.
1: It's
5: gonna be Friday. Close the doors again,
1: huh? Yep. And then we got so, high school football starting on Friday too. So busy week. Who is Auburn
5: High playing this uh, time?
1: Anthony, they're playing Hoover. How about that matchup? It's gonna be Auburn at versus Hoover in week uh, week one. At the dump? Uh, no, they're playing in Montgomery.
5: Oh, and Crapton Bowl. Yep. Oh, man, that'd be exciting. A huge game to that. start
1: the season, don't you think?
5: man, I tell you, that, that's a big shoe. That's a big number there to uh, come out. Uh, ooh, God, that's a bummer. <laughs> uh, first I mean, week of the of a, year. A high school game, the first, oh, man, I tell you, you know, a game like that could make a break here this early in the season. I I, I would like a tune-up game or something. they going to have a jamboree game or anything, you guys? No, y'all, you know, game this week, you see it, right?
1: I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think they probably have played a jamboree or two, but no, this is the first official game of the season.
3: Yeah, I, I was going to say, if if there's anything you can say about Auburn High football, is they're not afraid to, fl- uh, afraid to play folks because if you remember they played IMG Academy last year.
5: They did. I remember seeing that. I, I uh, remember watching that on the uh, uh T V there, on the smart TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah they they certainly did uh well, I tell you, that's that's going to be a big contest. I'm sure those guys are up for it, try to make some kind of statement and win this first game and and set the pace for what could be a magical season, depending on how it goes. I mean, that state championship is very well possible with the talent that they got at the school system. Yeah, so we hope they can go ahead and punch that ticket and get it this time. I want to ask y'all something. That that coach that that, that messed Auburn High out of that championship game. Where is he now?
1: That's a great question. No, no, no. I think he went to Dothan. I want to say. And then after that, I'm not quite sure where he ended up. Following that, Tom, do you have so there's any? There's no telling no, where he sure. had, huh? Adam Weingarten. I was trying to remember the name for the life of me uh, to see and where I, he hey, is.
5: I guess that's a name that everybody in this area would love to forget. But <laughs> <yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I appreciate it, and I'm gonna be calling y'all probably one day next week, unless somebody says some uh, later on in the week that might. Uh, have
1: he is entry at he is at Tuscaloosa back. County. Anthony, that's where yeah he is at Tuscaloosa County. They went one and nine last year, I, and oh, uh, wow. yeah, so he's I guess he he, on the hot seat. I would I guess so, yeah.
3: going into your second season. Uh, and oh, and, and, and and the other thing, I, now that you mentioned him at Tuscaloosa County, that's one thing yeah. that I always he Adam Weingartner is a big Alabama guy, and his wife was a big Alabama fan. And and that was they really wanted to kind of get back over there towards Tuscaloosa, so I I, I completely forgot about that. But I yeah, thought Joseph
1: sure, at sure first, did. but it was Tuscaloosa County. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he did want to get back up there. He goofed
5: everything up down here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I mean, I'd want to run out of town too. I'd have caught the yep. first freight train leaving here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll see what happens with him. This may be his last season, depending on what they do. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. They, they don't make no playoffs and he have another one and nine or three and eight or three and seven or whatever they do. Then I guess he'd be out uh, looking for work elsewhere. But yep. uh, I tell you, it well, thanks is, for the call
1: amazing. today, Anthony. It was good to hear oh, yeah, from thanks, you, buddy. Guys. All right, right bye bye. That's our about Anthony from Auburn joining us there on the show. Let's take a time out. Good to hear from Steve. Good to hear from Anthony. We want to hear from you. 334-887-3401. Our show continues in a moment.
0: Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m.
3: If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio.
0: We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Brian Harson,
2: head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry. Our thanks again to everyone who's called into the program so far today. If you want to call in and express your thoughts, you are certainly welcome to do that. 334-887-3401. All right, let's talk about the SEC and, and keep going team by team here as we gear up for the 2022 football season. And the team that I want to discuss right now, uh, they reside in Lexington, Kentucky. They are the Kentucky Wildcats, and they're gearing up for another football season led by quarterback Will Levis, who is one of the top 10 draft prospects at that spot. Uh, He played at Penn State for three years and was very successful playing for Kentucky a season ago. Mark Stoops is the head coach. We're now seeing, this is timely, we're talking about Kentucky, uh, that we're seeing internet and Twitter be between coach stoops oh and coach goodness. calipari so <laughs> there's the a lot going ever. on so with uh, the life of kentucky athletics where do you guys want to start with this team or just anything uh, going on
3: well first i like harson's troll of that so <laughs> that's pretty good uh listen kentucky's going to be good now are they on the level of georgia right now in the east no are they on the level with tennessee florida and any of those others kind of competing right there behind georgia absolutely um will levis is a great quarterback i uh, threw for 2827 yards uh last year he ran for 376 33 total touchdowns that's pretty darn good numbers and everybody's going to talk about him but one of the biggest guys to keep an eye on is they returned their top running back chris rodriguez jr uh 900 yard rushing games for kentucky last year so not only do you got will levis coming back you've got rodriguez coming back um I think the other thing is the fact that you've got a head coach in Mark Stoops who has shown that he can produce a winner. Uh, again, I don't think Kentucky is – they they're not to that level of Georgia, but they could certainly finish second in the East. They're a team that's going to be playing in a bowl game come the end of the year unless just something just stupid happens and, and they just completely fall apart. But uh, th- this is not the Kentucky football team – of old, that was the cellar dwellers down there with Vanderbilt. I mean, Mark Stoops has really built this program into something to be uh, to, to be reckoned with there in the East and just in the SEC alone.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I really admire what Mark Stoops has done at Kentucky. Uh, I remember as a kid calling them Kentucky and think it was the funniest thing of all time. Um, but yeah, Mark Stoops has absolutely raised the floor at Kentucky. He has done a really good job of uh, creating expectations that that program didn't have and I really admire it Um, I I don't buy that they are going to be competing for national championships in the next two or three years uh, which, which a lot of people seem to have I think it, but I do think that they can, you know, like you said, they they can compete for second in the East. Now I don't think they will be. Uh, I sure. still think it'll be uh, either Tennessee or maybe Florida. We'll see how Florida does. But I think it all starts and ends with Will Levis, you know, and he's a guy that I'm just waiting to see put it together completely. You know, like you said, it was very obviously very talented. NFL guys are drooling over the tools he has, but for his 33 touchdowns that he had last year, he had 13 interceptions. Sure. That's that's an interception a game. Yep. You know, and you can't you can't be successful turning the ball over once a game as a quarterback. So you need to see that improvement from him, but if that's decision making can improve, I absolutely see why he's one of the top prospects. Um, you know, I think you know, I, I think eight and four in a lot of places would kind of be mediocre, but because of the history that Kentucky has, being one of the worst teams in the SEC, I think that you know eight and four is another very successful season for them, and I, I think they're on the way up. I really
3: do. I admire Mark Stoops a lot. I, I don't see any reason why they can't get to that ten win plateau again this year. Uh, I, I mean, I think that I think with Will Levis and Rodriguez, uh, they still have. A a very good team. They've also got some guys back on defense. Now, there are some losses around them, uh, around Levis especially. Um, They lose a a big-time offensive tackle. They lose a a big-time wide receiver in Wondell Robinson. Um, But if you look at their schedule, uh, their schedule is very manageable. And if you go through and you look at last year, what they did, and now I know you get very dangerous trying to compare this year to last year. Right. But But if you just look at what they did last year, if they don't slip up against Mississippi State, there's no reason Kentucky, as good as they were last year, should not have beaten Mississippi State. But they go to Startville and get their butts handed to them, thirty-one to seventeen. If you avoid that, they win eleven games last year. I don't see any reason why they should not have that ten-win plateau fully, you know, targeted in. I mean you look they they play Miami, Ohio. That should be a win. At Florida, that's gonna be tough. They that's, beat We're gonna learn so much we, about the SEC East in that ab, week two game. Absolutely. They beat Florida last year, but you're at Florida. Everybody knows it's tough in Gainesville. It's early in the season. I still think Kentucky is better talent wise right now than Florida because Florida's still trying to kind of get things rebuilt back to where they want it. So I think Kentucky is still better, but you're playing at Florida. So then you got Youngstown State, Northern Illinois, at Ole Miss it could be interesting there. Yeah, that one's going to be that one's going to be a lot of fun. I sure. Um, and, and honestly, if I if I had to guess, I would probably give that a loss. Uh, you got South Carolina. You're better than South Carolina. Mississippi State. I am not sold at all on Mississippi State. No, and, and Kentucky gets them at home this year, so I think they win that one. They've got that as their homecoming game this season. Yep. Uh, at Tennessee. That one's going to be fun, too. I, that one's I, going
2: to be a lot of fun. It's
3: going to be a lot of fun. Big After r- a bye week. Yeah, big rivalry game there. Um, so, I, you know, I would have to give Tennessee the edge there. At Missouri, I think should be a win. Vanderbilt should be a win. Georgia's most likely a loss in the end of the season at Louisville, which should be a win. So, let's see. Miami of Ohio, I'll give them a win. At Florida, I won't yet. Youngstown State, I'll give them a win. Northern Illinois, I'll give them a win. South Carolina, Mississippi State, Missouri, Vanderbilt. Louisville, there's eight, and then you kind of throw some of these others in there that are very possible. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't see any reason why they they should not be targeting that. I mean, obviously yeah, they've, they've got big they've got bigger fish to fry. You know that they're looking at they're they want to win the East for the first time. Sure. You know, realistically, I think they're just so far behind Georgia that that's mm-hmm. not realistic. I think everybody is behind Georgia. Honestly. Absolutely. absolutely. But they've got some pieces of the puzzle there in, in Lexington, and, and they've got one of the better coaches in the SEC. That's the other thing. is, is Stoops has is, is shown that he is one of the best coaches in the SEC and, and really rallies the team around him. It seems like they love playing for him. He loves coaching them. He loves being there in uh, Lexington. I, I don't think any of this BS that's going on with him and Calipari is going to affect anything. I, that's really interesting. I think he's very proud of, of the program that he has built there and and it sounds like the fans have really latched on. The, the whole Calipari versus Stoops thing is so interesting
2: to me because it feels like the basketball fans, just from what I've seen, the people siding with Calipari didn't care about Kentucky basketball to begin with. Right. Uh, and the people that are, let's call them real Kentucky fans, are really siding with Stoops here. Um, and I don't have any proof of this. I just feel like a lot of Kentucky basketball fans are Alabama football fans. Just a hunch. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's. It, Yankee, I feel Yankee's like if you're, yeah, if you're a season ticket holder in Lexington for football, you're not changing that because of the whole Cals versus Stoops argument. Right.
3: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I kind of look at it. I mean, if you're a Kentucky football fan, then you are a Kentucky fan. I mean, right, I, I, yes. I mean, yeah, It's they they don't have that national notoriety that the basketball team does. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, the Kentucky basketball, you're going to have a lot of the sidewalk alums from around latching on. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, if you really follow that football team at Kentucky, then you've probably got a true connection to the university, and you've been there since the beginning, since, since back in the – uh the bill curry days and even before that you know back in the ken hatfield days uh of old school kentucky football so they're good they're again they're not on georgia's level but they could very easily finish second in the east this year
1: Kentucky football as we said they start their season on September 3rd taking on the Miami of Ohio Red Hawks should be a fun one of course every year they've got that big rivalry game Kentucky Louisville this year the game will be played in Lexington that brings the second hour of our show to a close what about Texas A&M the Aggies getting set for a football season with head coach Jimbo Fisher our best and worst of the weekend and more all of that coming up here on Sports Call alongside Tom Peave and Brant Daughtry. My name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books and we're rolling.
0: Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final
1: hour of Sports Call getting started right now on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app from Insider Studios. My name is JJ Jackson with Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry. We've done two hours, one left to go. And boy, oh boy, have we been having fun on today's edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Been able to talk about a lot what all have we talked about, you might ask? Well, here's our
0: recap. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today.
8: <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that
0: really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of
2: this stuff where you said all about the things?
1: All right, our Daily Show Recap. What's happened on
2: the show so far, Brandt? Uh, well, in the 3 o'clock hour, we talked to Bennett Durando of the Montgomery Advertiser, got his thoughts on uh, uh, fall practice as it continues along, had the spring Saturday, and uh, he was not in attendance for that, but, you know, he got some notes from people who were in attendance, and he told us a little bit about that, so you can go back and listen to that on the Sports Call podcast feed. We will have that interview separated from the main show. Uh, it's already up, I believe. Yeah, um, go so, find it. So, yeah, you can go find that if you just get home and don't want to listen to the show live. Uh but we hope you do because we've got another hour here and we've also take we took a lot of phone calls like yeah. a lot of phone calls in that four o'clock hour uh, we talked to who do we all talk to Steve and we, Anthony had Anthony. some good stuff yeah, to say and Anthony called in for the first time in a while so uh, Matt lot, Matt called in yeah
1: had a good show so far.
2: It's been a very good show.
1: So you could call in and chat And we us. previewed the Kentucky Wildcats. 334-887-3401. All right, let's keep our SEC team previews going again. We did talk about the Kentucky Wildcats and what to expect this season. Mark Stoops, now one of the longest tenured head coaches in the SEC. Saban and Alabama. Stoops at Kentucky. Those guys just keep it moving, and he's done great things for that football program. What about Texas A&M? The Aggies getting ready for the season. We talk a lot about Texas A&M on this show uh, when mentioning the fact that Zach Calzada is competing for the Auburn Tigers starting job, and that he played last year for Texas A&M. Well, he's not their quarterback anymore. Jimbo Fisher remains their head coach. Texas A&M replaces their defensive coordinator and Mike Elko, who is now the head football coach for Duke University. So a good number of changes for Texas A&M going into the
3: year. What stands out to you, Tom? Uh, the, you know, the biggest thing with Texas A&M right now is the kind of unknown Um You know they're a talented team. Uh, You know Jimbo Fisher is a proven head coach. They've got talent coming back. Uh, The one big thing with them is some of the freshmen that they just recruited going to step up because they just signed a class that is considered one of the best ever. And so now are they going to rely on a lot of freshmen this year, some of these big-time blue-chip five-star guys? You know, a guy like an Evan Stewart wide receiver, uh, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the country you know but they but there's still a lot of questions as far as who else um in it's at quarterback there's questions um they had injuries last year that uh that took out um some guys haynes king got injured uh zach calzada came in and he did lead them to the upset over alabama but then he struggled against other power five teams and now he's at auburn so uh, you know who who is going to be their true starting quarterback there um you know, I mean, Hayes King is most likely going to be it, um, but they've still got Max Johnson. Um, they've got some good running backs. They've got some good wide receivers coming back. Um, Anea uh, Smith coming back at wide receiver is big for them. Um, Devon, is it Achane? Achane. 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 Devon Achane. I can't even remember how to pronounce it. Coming back at wide res- or at a at running back. Uh, you know, he was close to a thousand yards last year. So. But, you know, it's a lot of questions, and, and Jimbo Fisher, it's one of those, He he's had talent a lot of other places, but can you get it done? It's like, Jimbo, prove it to me. Prove to me that you can be that guy, and, and right now you just don't know. And like I said, they just signed one of the best recruiting classes ever. So is this year going to be the one where they really take that step forward and then build on that with the recruiting class or is this going to be a year that's like mm, okay well that's Texas A&M they they're they're still losing games they should win they win a couple they maybe should have not and then we'll look towards the future uh you know they they went 8 and 4 last year 4 and 4 in the SEC I think they improve on that. They're they're definitely not to Alabama's level, even though they beat Alabama last year. Uh, I think overall they're not to that level. Um, this is just kind of going to be a, a prove it to me type year, I think, for Texas A and M.
1: Let's get a phone call in here 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine if you would like to call in and be a part of Auburn's first at Auburn favorite sports talk show right here in Auburn. Shane has called into the program. What's going on, man? Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing very well. Thanks for the call today.
8: Yeah. Um, I was just gonna make a couple of comments, uh, please do. Don't don't drive, don't, don't drive anywhere uh, uh, around around downtown uh, if you want. If you're in a hurry.
1: It's busy down that way? <laughs>
8: I, 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 had to, I had to drop of it off unfortunately and it took me what last what, oh, week but it took me about three minutes it took me about oh, 15 minutes oh wow but, um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway um, I'm just uh, I'm just i for the start of the season um, I don't really think it matters to be honest by the way Who, which quarterback it is the first first game uh, whether they think, whoever they name it's just, it's just you know, the first game's going to tell them, um, you know, real game experience, So, you know, if, if it's Finley, then, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll see it in the light. If it's, if, if it's, uh, the then we'll see it in the light. Uh, you know, you can't really tell, I don't think, right now, because they're just playing with each other. Um, both of them did well, you know, did well and, and haven't done well. And, um, I'm sorry, my daughter was listening to Disney in the background, but, um, it, it doesn't matter, and, and to say that a guy can't improve, like one guy can improve over the you know over the off season or or over a year, and another guy can't, is it, uh, you know I have no idea if Finley is it, improved, but you know maybe it is. You know I'm I'm, I'm big on giving the guy uh, a chance, whoever the quarterback is, give that guy a chance until he he's not not uh, guy anymore. So I don't know. I'm more of an optimist,
1: though. Yeah, no, always. I, I love the optimistic outlook on everything, and and why not give somebody a chance to earn it? And and clearly, you've got to make a decision as as the first game of the season nears. Uh, but right now, it really does seem like it's fifty fifty on who that starting quarterback could be. It doesn't. It doesn't
8: really, it doesn't really matter. For asking the first, you know, first two games, you know, what if they did you know, one guy to start Smurser, and then and then the next the other guy starts, you know, the, the following San Jose or whatever it is. That way, you get both of them. You know, see what what they're like on those two games, and whoever you know from that tape, whoever does better, start ten State. I think. I mean, I, I I would be shocked if that's not what they
2: do. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I think that I think that you're going to get. I'm not going to say equal snaps for both of the guys, but I think that you're going to get a good number of snaps for both of those guys playing quarterback in the first two games. And you know, Anthony said it earlier. You'd love to have a guy nailed down. Well, yeah, absolutely. You would. You would. You want to have your starting quarterback decided before week one. But Auburn is just in a position where they're in a battle, and you know, it is different when you get out there and you start hitting other color jerseys. So when when you get out there and you're playing an actual football game, things things switch up a little bit. So. Uh, it's interesting to me over the off season, you had a couple of games with TJ Finley starting at quarterback you went out and you brought in two transfers which tells me that yeah. at the time you were not super confident in what you had uh, and you you needed depth so you you needed depth with Bo Nix oh, yeah, leaving or,
8: or you, you needed depth and, and right. other guys that are proven
2: to push the guy or to push each other whoever the yeah. is. Yeah. absolutely but it, it, it would be to to me it either means TJ if TJ Finley is pushing them like this or they're all pushing each other like this it means that yes TJ's gotten better but he needed to get a lot better uh and, and either he's gotten a lot better or Auburn's in a bad spot from the quarterback position i'm personally thinking that it is the former i do think that TJ has improved significantly uh but you know you, you, we just won't know until probably week 3 Well, you know uh,
8: we give, give credit to a lot of quarterbacks, you know, around the country, even on, on our own teams that in the past about season to season. What could it not be that this guy has? Or maybe he got some help from somewhere and fixed a couple of little things that were throwing off his time and throwing off his, you know, his pace or something. And maybe he has, uh, you know, just for big repetition and just nailed out a few things that were causing – yeah, you know, maybe what it is it's just little mistakes that were causing all these things. Or or not. Or 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 we're in a lot of trouble. I, I don't know which one's the case. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to be optimistic before the season even starts. I don't wanna I don't wanna have this gloomy town Because we live in, you know, if we go into Georgia anything other than one loss, possibly two and no. we if we go to Georgia with two losses it's see so Anyway, that's that's a horrible
1: thing to think about before the season even starts. Shane, we appreciate the phone call today. Call us again soon sometime, all right? War Eagle, yeah, I will. War Eagle, that's our buddy Shane from Auburn joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Tom, anything you'd like to add there?
3: Uh, No, I mean, it's just what we've been saying. I mean, when you come look at the quarterback situation, yeah, by Penn State you need to be settled on somebody, and that needs to be the guy that you're going to run with. Uh I don't know what they're going to do through the first two games. I'm sure they're both going to get snaps. I agree with what Brent said, probably not equal snaps because hopefully by that first game you kind of got that idea on who your guy's going to be. You get the other guy some playing time just to see what's going to happen there. Uh, and then whoever is your third, you're hoping that you've got a big enough lead, especially against Mercer, that you can even see them in some game action. So you just don't know. But by Penn State, you got to have somebody ironed out that you're going to run with. And that's going to be your guy unless you just flat out not getting it done where an injury happens. But – and I can't I, – I wish I could remember the whole saying that, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you're in bad shape. If you have three, you're, you know, disaster. Forget exactly how that quote goes. But you don't want to find yourself in a two-quarterback situation. You sure as hell don't want to find yourself in a three-quarterback situation. You need to have one guy. That's who you're going to roll with. Live or die. Uh, and – you know, fortunately, you've got some depth back there. That if the, whoever starting is not getting it done, you've got some depth there. That's one thing that uh, Auburn has not had the last couple of years when it is Bo Nix or bust.
1: Good to get that phone call in from Shane a moment ago. Let's take our next time out here on the program. On the other side of this break, let's talk a little bit more about Texas A and M. This is Sports Gone.
0: This is Jake Crane, host of the J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call.
1: All right, welcome back into Sports Call, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Brant Dauntree. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday. All right, talking about the upcoming college football season, talking about some teams in the SEC and what they've got in store for them, we mentioned the number of discussions we're having about Texas A&M because of the fact that Zach Calzada was their quarterback and now he's competing for the starting quarterback job at Auburn. But Tom, let's continue this A&M discussion. What's most intriguing to you about the
3: Aggies? Uh, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned Calzada because I'm going to go. I'm going to backtrack back to the quarterback situation with A&M because that's really kind of where their big question mark is right now, uh, and it was a question mark last year. So, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Haynes King was their starter last year. He got uh, hurt. Um, uh, Calzada came in for them. He did beat Alabama, but then he struggled. Uh, So, Haynes King is supposed to be back. Uh, I mentioned Max Johnson, and if anybody is not familiar, I'm mentioning Max Johnson with A&M. It's the same Max Johnson that had been at LSU. So, LSU quarterback Max Johnson transfers to A&M. He's battling with that. But don't count out Connor Wegman. Connor Wegman is the five-star can't-miss quarterback, part of this extreme class that they sign. Right. Connor Wegman could come in and push either King or uh, Johnson out and become their starter as a true freshman. So that's that's where it's going to be intriguing. They've got talent all over the field. Uh, their secondary on defense is supposed to be really good. Um you know their defense. You know outside the secondary, they got some guys coming back. They've got weapons coming back on offense. But my two intriguing things: it's a quarterback. Who is their quarterback going to be? And B, Jimbo Fisher, can you finally get it done with a team that has some talent? Because you've got talent. You had talent last year. You went eight and four, even though you did have injuries that kind of hurt you there. But you're supposed to be taking this next step. And this is the year that A&M is supposed to take that next step. And for what I look at with Jimbo Fisher and his track record is prove it to me. You, you, you're starting to get it. You're start, you just got a huge recruiting class. Now prove it to me. And so if I say, if you ask me intriguing, who is your quarterback going to be and can Jimbo, can Jimbo Fisher finally make some steps in the right direction? Hey, a and M's so interesting to me because I'm with
2: you. They're one of the more talented teams in the country. But they're just – I feel like every time I look up at A&M at the end of the season, they're 8-4 and four again. Exactly. Just, and, and, and that's been my whole thing with Jimbo Fisher. He won that one national championship at Florida State, going through the weakest the ACC has ever been and right. getting lucky against Auburn in the national championship. You know, I say getting lucky. They did win the game. So, props, they did win the game. Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, great. Sure. They went back the next year and got stomped by Oregon. Sure. And then – FSU just kind of crumbled underneath him, and then he ran off to College Station. Right. I am not sold on Jimbo Fisher. No. That's that's one of my coaching. Hot, that's one of my coach hot takes. <laughs> Excuse me. He's, he's one of my coach yeah. hot takes. Is that Jimbo Fisher is not a fantastic football coach
3: like he's, people assume he's he is. Thirty four and fourteen at A and Yeah. I that's,
2: mean that's, that's not, not awful. No, that's not awful. But that's not in playing work. in the SEC West. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. But it is not. He get. Texas A&M gets talked alongside the likes of Alabama and Georgia, and they're not them. Right. They are not Alabama and Georgia. They are an 8-4 and four team, year in and year out, despite
3: what their fan base would have you think. Well, see, but in, and again, here's the difference between Jimbo Fisher and, let's say, Kirby Smart at Georgia. Let's start out with Kirby Smart at Georgia. He comes in. They immediately start building these big recruiting classes, and they start having success almost immediately under Kirby Smart, under Nick Saban. His first year, not very good, but the very next year where they win in the national championship. um, Those two guys jumped in to big high-profile programs and immediately had them competing. Jimbo Fisher has not done that. And he has got a and m. But they worship him.
2: The, the, yeah, they absolutely love him in College Station. And I think it's because he he plays into that fan base. I think Texas A and M is incredibly insecure. Yeah, I think they have hardcore little brother syndrome. Being being next being when they're compared to the University right. of Texas.
3: But they 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 worship him because he did come in as a big name, a guy that had won a national title. Jimbo Fisher is a big name coach in the world of college football. And again, but like I said. Prove it to me Prove that you can become yeah. That consistent coach you yeah. were, Last
2: year was supposed to be A&M's year And again They went 8-4 I understand they didn't have Their starting quarterback But right now The guy who was supposed to be The starting quarterback last year Is in a battle with Max Johnson Who we've seen at LSU And he's not A world beater right. He's not He's not awful he's a, he's a quality starting quarterback But he's not Some Heisman winning game changer That's going to
3: the. He's not Jameis Winston For, right. for example uh, it, It's but, don't yeah, but again, you got, the Connor, you got the Connor Wegman coming in, the true freshman five star coming in. It's supposed to be I, a highly touted guys. So I understand that. that. I'm
2: not ever going to rely on a high school senior, especially oh, well, yeah. at quarterback or offensive line. Sure, I think any other position you can get a guy to contribute. But for those two positions, I'm not relying on a guy coming straight out of high school. Yeah, most nine times out of ten. No, I absolutely. But I mean, if that's your best bet. Well, yeah. I mean, but again, it, if your best bet is this it, 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 high school it, it, freshman, sure. or excuse me, college freshman, you know, then you know, I see another info. Let's let's look at the what record jumps real out
1: quick. at the yeah. Go to the schedule. Yeah, like, what jumps, jumps schedule. out with the schedule for Texas a and well, because they got, do have a big
2: matchup. Early in the season, yeah, you've got Sam Houston, uh, easy win. App State yep. should be an easy win. Of course, we know what App State has done in the past. Then you then you host Miami. Miami's kind of become a darling recently for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm not bought on them either. I think A and M wins that game. Arkansas in Arlington. That one will be interesting. That one will be very interesting because another darling is Arkansas. People love Arkansas. People love Sam Pittman. I love Sam Pittman. I think he's a great coach. But I'm not sold that they're ready to compete yet, but I've said the same thing about A&M. So I just think that's going to be a good game between two teams that have a shot at finishing second in the West.
3: Well, so now with Arkansas, I know we're not previewing Arkansas, but looking at that Arkansas-Texas A&M game, uh it will be interesting how and m does against Miami. I'm I'm with you. There's a lot of people hyping up Miami right now and I'm, I every time I hear that I'm like why? Yeah. Like why I mean, Yeah,
2: Cristobal has been there for 6 months, you yeah, know. Yeah. I'm not I, sold. I
3: I I'm not sold on that. Uh but Arkansas plays Texas in week 2 and oh no. No, that was last year. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I, I am completely looking at the wrong thing here. So never mind what my whole train of thought. Because Arkansas has Cincinnati, South Carolina, and Missouri State before A and M. So we probably still won't know squat about right. Arkansas until they get to that A and M game. I was looking at last year when they played Texas. Yeah. Um, I, I th- so, yeah the no, the I, week after Arkansas is interesting too because you have to travel to Starkville,
2: and yep. that is another game that A and M should win. Pretty sure. should win going away, but they
3: lost to them last year. Yep. And then, Uh and then at Alabama,
2: Alabama, a game they will lose by thirty, at least. (laughs) Nick Saban is going to teach Jimbo Fisher a lesson. He's going to bend him over his lap and spank him. It's going to be an
3: ugly game. And it could be a very tense game just with the controversy that goes yeah. on. Because, listen, they, they have, quote unquote, made up and have reconciled. Yeah, I, don't, I don't buy that. Bull, <laughs> you know what? Those, those two. Those, I don't think
2: Nick Saban makes up. I think he teaches lessons.
3: and well, and well, He teaches lessons, but I mean, both of those teams are going to be fired up. If that one does yeah. not end up, I don't want to say end up in fisticuffs like that, a full on brawl. There's,
2: there's going to be, be a meeting at midfield before kickoff. For that, sure.
3: that game is going to be testy. I mean if you want to watch a t- if you want to watch a game that might be right on the verge of breaking loose into some full-blown stuff that might be it um and then, yeah, and that, see, they've got the three road games right there at Mississippi State, Alabama, at South Carolina. I, I wouldn't be worried about them at South Carolina, even though no. you get into the land of the sandstorm in Columbia. <laughs> you never know. That
2: stupid freaking chicken noise. <laughs> I hate that man. There's not a lot that I hate that's like unique to certain venues in college football. Like I understand a lot of people hate the cow bell, cowbells in Starkville. Right. I'm fine with them. I think they're I think they're unique and interesting. That chicken. That chicken noise that they play at right. South Carolina is the worst
3: thing ever but here but here's the thing though I sit here and say this about you know it's at South Carolina. That's the type of game that Texas A&m and Jimmy yeah. Fisher have lost absolutely where they it's like why they, they lost at LSU last year LSU was terrible last year they lost at LSU. You, like late if, in the season when LSU had given up. Get, well, last game of the season. Yeah. Last game of the regular season. You uh you, you you don't lose those games. You can't lose those games. And if you're going to be if you're going to be a national title caliber team, you you have to win those. And so at South Carolina, if we're talking about A&M like we're talking about of prove it to me, well, you know, that's the type of game that they end up tripping over themselves and and losing. So I think that could be interesting to see if they turn the corner away from those types of losses, and then you get Ole Miss uh, at home, you get Florida at home, uh, the Ole Miss game. Interesting, could, could be interesting. Well, especially if you come off a loss, if you come yeah. off an upset loss at South Carolina, then you got to turn around and play Lane Kiffin at home. Who knows? Uh, you host Florida I, again. I'm not sold on Florida. They're at Auburn. What's Auburn That's, gonna What's you know, Auburn gonna be like by that time of the year? Now that could here's that my could thought, be, That could be the one. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, at South Carolina, I, think, that could be I don't the think one. they're gonna
2: lose at South Carolina. I think they very well could lose at Auburn. Yep. And, I, and I'm a homer. I understand. I'm speaking from a position of an Auburn fan, but I think that they could lose to Auburn
1: late in the year, November twelfth, twenty twenty two. Is Especially, Texas a And M at Auburn. It's
2: it's it'd be so perfect. It'd be very Auburn of Texas a And M to be undefeated. Going up to that point, which I again I don't know they they might well I don't think they will because they have to play Alabama before they play Auburn, but they could be a one loss team with an outside shot at the playoff, and drop one to Auburn, you know. Right. It, that that would be a very very Auburn thing of Texas A and M to do, something that Auburn has done against Texas A and M uh, in 2014, I believe that was uh, when they lost to Texas A and M at yeah. home, heartbreaking uh, when, game when Auburn was in line for a playoff spot. Yeah, and, and that, that was a. Yeah, it fumbled too, right? Like right at the goal? Correct. That was insane.
1: Yeah. Would prefer that not to happen again. Yeah.
2: I, I looking looking purely from a personnel standpoint, you do lose uh, Isaiah Spiller, and he was one of the best running backs in the SEC last year. But you, like we, We've already touched on Devin Ache, and you bring him back, and he's going to fill those shoes yeah. very nicely. And
1: then Aniah Smith was the player for Texas A&M who was set to be at SEC Media Days. Right. And then the week of gets arrested, and, you know, hey, you're not going to be at SEC media yeah. days anymore. Tough yeah. luck. He, is he – I think he's back. Is he back? I think he's okay. back. And um, But nonetheless, that's an off-the-field to, issue that you
3: don't want to – I had know, to go yeah. back. We were sitting here looking at the schedule, and I was like, wait a minute. I completely forgot about this. I was like, you know, how was – I was like, at, at LSU was their last game. I forgot they backed out of the Gator Bowl. They were going to play Wake Forest in the uh, Gator Bowl last year, and they backed out due to uh, – was it COVID? Oh, yeah. Probably, yeah.
2: I've forgotten about that too.
3: Yeah, COVID outbreak and injuries, so they backed out of the Gator Bowl. Uh, they were number twenty-five. They were supposed to play number seventeen, Wake Forest, in the Gator Bowl, uh, but COVID issues inside the program and season-ending injuries, so they backed out. That's so. I, yeah, I was sitting here looking at their schedule and I couldn't remember. I'm like, why in the world was at LSU their last game? And I knew, and, and being bowl eligible, but there. So there you go. Um, it, it, Texas A&M, prove it to me. Yeah. Everybody, everybody. You have to at some point. Your sure. coach is making $10 million a year. Yep. But everybody is – I should say everybody, but a lot of the media are hyped up on Texas A&M. And they, they have been saying since they, Jimbo got there. Sure. They're second in the West. They're nipping at the heels of Alabama, and they're just waiting for their chance to jump up there and take over the the West. Well, prove it to me. Now, you just brought in a recruiting class that can – A really good can one. Can really compete with the elites, but – Prove it to me.
1: Indeed. Let's go ahead and we'll take our next commercial break here on the program when we come back. Best and worst of the weekend in the nightly TV guide as we get set to wrap up a Monday edition of Sports Call here on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM.
2: Us on tweeters
0: follow our sports call host jj jackson on twitter by searching at underscore jj underscore jackson underscore and follow the show on twitter by searching at sports call au
4: hashtag is that two words
0: i'm sammy coates former harvard football player and all sec wide receiver and you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9
1: back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry as we continue to wind down a Monday edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We do this each and every Monday. Why don't we tell you about our best and worst of the weekend? Now
0: time for the best. Woohoo! And worst.
1: No! No! No!
3: Of the weekend.
1: Best and worst of the weekend here today. Tom Peavy, why don't you start us off
3: however you would like? Oh, man. See, I wasn't prepared. The last couple of weeks, we haven't been able to do this. We've so been all over the place. Some of my some of my best from recently, we haven't been able to get to, like Sonny Deshara making his debut and Vaughn Grissom's home run for the Braves in his first ever start. How about uh, I go
1: then? How about uh, let's, let's give a best well, I,
3: of the... I, I will say the best of the weekend is the Braves sweeping the Marlins. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll go. We'll go there. You like that one? I did. You got you took care of business, getting ready for this big series coming up with the Mets. You don't want to fall even further behind the Mets by screwing around and losing to the terrible Marlins. So you take care of business, and now you get ready for this huge series starting tonight. I like
2: it, Brant. I
3: was also going
2: to say the Braves sweeping the Marlins. I for for best and worst, I usually like to look at like weird ways to win and lose in whatever I've seen a lot of times I'll go to minor league baseball or something like that I just didn't see anything this week uh scanning the timeline nothing came across my radar so uh just kind of kind of a lame week uh and I'm gonna have to go with the lame answer of the Braves uh winning a, a four-game sweep let me give a best of
1: the weekend shout out in this sport of major league baseball how about Winton Bernard who plays for the Colorado Rockies. He made his Major League Baseball debut at the age of 31. Let's go. After 11 years of being a journeyman through minor league baseball. I just always appreciate those stories, guys, that it's like you're living the life of a minor leaguer for more than a decade yeah. and yep. finally it pays off and Wenton Bernard was able to go play in the big leagues this weekend.
2: Who was it? There was a guy, I can't remember, he was a pitcher for the Phillies, but in 2013 he was the number one overall draft pick um for whoever for whoever the team was and he made his major league debut against the braves this year Is i can't remember his name but he's he's a he's a bullpen guy for the phillies in 2013 number one overall pick in the major league draft and uh it just never made it past
3: triple a until right right then well what was the movie uh based on the true story of the guy he was the high school coach um decided to the natural it wasn't the natural no 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 um he was a high school baseball coach, and his kids kind of – Mark Appel is
1: the pitcher you're thinking Martin of.
3: Yes. But uh, he was a high school coach, and uh, his kids convinced him to, like, get back into it, and he – Austin Scott is saying the rookie. Is that the rookie? Yeah. Okay.
1: Good movie.
3: Yeah. Older older guy – Dennis who... Quaid. Dennis Quaid. That's right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, again, an older, an older guy who's – you know, you thought his times were up and – uh. He gets to make a major league debut. That was a really good movie. That's kind of similar to uh, yep. what we saw
1: this past. I mean, 11 years in the minor leagues. Yeah. And then you finally get that opportunity could to you play ima- in the big leagues.
3: Could you imagine getting that phone call after that long and you get that call? It's got to be amazing. Like, hey. Yeah. We, you know, we'll, we'll see you. Come on, kid. We'll, we'll see you at the show.
1: You made it. And uh, Wynton Bernard got to make his big league debut good for him. over the weekend. What about a worst of the weekend? I'll Uh, go ahead. Okay.
2: I I actually thought of one while we were sitting here talking about it. Uh, How about Fernando Tatis Jr.? Oh, uh, good call. Superstar shortstop for the San Diego Padres, for those who don't know. Um, Got hit with, what was it, an 80-game suspension?
3: 80-game suspension. For
2: use of uh, PEDs, which he later tweeted out was a result of a a medication that he took trying to treat uh, ringworm. So that whole story is weird. But, yeah, uh, one of the best shortstops in the game, one of the best young players in the game, uh, is now out for a half a season when he was already out for most of this season with injury. So this has been a lot of fun for him.
1: Not ideal.
2: Not great. Not great no. for Padres fans either because they had aspirations this year that are quickly tanking.
1: Best and worst of the weekend. Anything coming to mind for you, Tom?
3: Uh, you know, i so, uh, saw <laughs> I don't even know what game it was, but there's the video of the, like the little kid sitting in his dad's lap uh, with the hot dog, and the whole hot dog wiener falls out onto the ground, and the kid just looked. I didn't at see it. that video. I've not seen that. but That uh, sounds really. That's funny. That's not good though. Yeah. Whole whole un-eaten hot, hot dog dogs black.
1: are meant to be totally enjoyed.
3: Yeah.
1: And <laughs> that was stripped away from someone. It
3: was, and it was one of those. Someone just got a, a piece of bread. He was like, like, he was like eating like a piece of the bread, and he kind of tilted it, and the whole hot dog wiener just rolled off onto the ground. And the poor kid just kind of sat there and he looked at it like, well, now what? (laughs) Not a whole lot to be done at that point. Dang it. That's heartbreaking. It's always the worst when your hot dog hits the ground. That's what
1: I'm saying. You need to enjoy the hot dogs.
3: Please. Don't drop your wiener. Do what
1: you can to enjoy the hot dogs.
2: (laughs) That's a that's your favorite food, isn't it? It a is very much you so. A, you a you a Koneka guy? You a ballpark sausage guy? What's, I really what's your don't. Preferred... I
1: don't have a preference. Oh. I'm being truthful. Koneka's okay, great, yeah. but ballpark hot dogs. I I've never had a bad one in my life. Fair enough. Give me all of them. I am be so uh, thrilled.
2: Are you the kind of guy who's like, give me everything on it, or do you just want bread and bread and dog?
1: I I like to go ketchup and mustard. Typically, okay. would be my choice. The uh, classic. A slaw dog every now and again. I really don't dabble in chili cheese dogs. That mm. That often, um, but if I'd had to, I mean, that's totally enjoyable as Look, well.
3: Looks like the kid was at a Detroit Tigers game. Okay, sitting on his dad's lap. Tigers baseball can't be that enjoyable, uh, you know. And, well, you know.
2: <laughs> what do you think of Austin Scott's preferred?
1: He said hot dog, hot dog with barbecue sauce and shredded Shred- cheese.
2: Yeah. What never tried
1: it before I'd be willing to
3: I, I'll tell you I, I really
1: would be I think that actually might be sneaky good I think you one, might be one
3: that one that I've gotten into that I like is a a Chicago dog so you and you can go find this they're called sport peppers but it's a hotter pepper um, that with a slice of tomato and some green relish it's it's good I personally prefer uh, just chili and cheese however now my hometown, is famous for inventing a style of hot dog that is now known throughout Georgia. Which is? The scrambled dog.
1: Is that a scrambled egg, I would guess? No. Okay, what is the scrambled dog?
3: It's basically a chili dog that's all like just chopped up uh-huh. onto, onto a platter. So hot dog and bun all kind of chopped up chili on top cheese onion so it's basically just a spread out chili dog over the plate there's a place in columbus georgia called the dinglewood pharmacy okay that's famous for that right there uh right next to the wtvm studios in columbus uh the dinglewood pharmacy and uh uh yeah i mean if you imagine tumors drugstore where you go in and get lemonade but this is a place it's a little tiny drugstore you go in and sit down at the counter and you get a scramble dog and it's it's now become like famous throughout Georgia as the, Love it. the Scramble Dog. And that yeah, Started right there in Columbus, Georgia.
1: Let's do our nightly TV guide.
0: Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide.
1: Alright, our nightly TV guide is brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop at your local TK's convenience store, pick up a variety pack of White Claw, and you will be so thrilled. Coming up on television tonight, the Little League Softball World Series at 6 o'clock on ES American Legion World Series at 6 on ESPNU. A movie pick for you. How about Zootopia at 7.30 on Freeform? I have seen that movie. I did enjoy it. (laughs) Uh, The Houston Astros and the Chicago White Sox are playing at 7 o'clock on FS1. And then at 6.20 tonight on Valley Sports South, we have got the New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves from Truist Park. You must watch that game it is going to be excellent and that is your nightly tv guy brought to you by our friends at white claw tom PV brant daughtry brant let me start with you thank you so much for being on the show today sir
2: thank you for having me tom is showing me uh,
3: a video of a of a hot dog falling out of a bun yeah it's kind of sad it's the kid dropping the hot dog he immediately puts his hand on his head like dope
1: <laughs> <laughs> man oh man uh, tom thanks for being here we'll see you on wednesday
3: yeah man enjoyed it
1: that does it for today's edition Of Sports Call coming up tomorrow. Kyle Petty joins the show, and we've got more fun coming your way on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. Alongside Tom Peavy and Brand Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.